Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is the Tourist Pet Chance, show where we come and talk all things movies, television, entertainment, news, all that good shit. And this is our Super Bowl special. We decided to revisit one of our favorite realms of football movies, and, we decided, and uh, you guys bestowed upon us Friday Night Lights. Uh, the, the finally, finally. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's been on like every football poll we've done so far. It wasn't leaving until we were talking about. It. I mean, it was one of those ones that and Rudy were always going to be. Well, I, I gave Rudy a break, but then you nominated Rudy, so Rudy inherently made it to the poll again. But yeah, I'm just I'm excited about this. I mean, I I, lo- I love Rudy, so I'm never going to not put Rudy on the poll. Oh yeah, and I absolutely absolutely not. Yeah. So. Before that, we got we got a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about. First of which is, I guess, our final football talk of the year. Uh, I guess starting off, we gotta address it. Super Bowl Sunday, as as of the publishing of this, is tomorrow, and so we got Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs versus Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. This is that sentence I never thought I'd say. Um, so, I mean, let's just get into it, Russell. Who do you got? <laughs> I haven't been. Uh I'm going to keep with what I have been saying. I'm going to go with Brady in the box. I think he gets number seven. Um, Super Bowl Sunday. I just think, I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think, uh, I think Tampa Bay's defense makes some big plays. Um, and, yeah, I, just, I, I think that they can go stride for stride. They have just as good as an offense as um, Mahomes does. Um, if they can get Leonard Fournette and you get, like, having some touches with – Godwin and, and uh, you know hopefully Gronk we get a little old shades of uh, old Gronk. Uh, I think I think I think it's gonna be interesting. I think it really is. It's gonna it's gonna be a fascinating game. But here's the thing. I, I've been very clear about my stance on Tom Brady on this show. Uh, however, I think that if he win, if he wins tomorrow, which I don't think he will. Uh, I think if he wins, and I'll get to like why I don't think he will in a minute. Uh, I think you have to – I think he kind of transcends the whole, like, greatest quarterback of all time. I think he enters the conversation like greatest athletes of all time. Because, yeah. like, he'd, be, he'd enter that same zone as, like, you know, like Gretzky or Babe Ruth or Michael Jordan as just the best of the sport, period. Yeah, like Roger Federer or whatever, yeah. Granted, those other guys didn't need as many bailouts as Tom <laughs> Brady did. But, <laughs> yeah, he, he would still be in the conversation. So, would Rod, is Roger Federer considered the best tennis player of all time? I mean, I would. I mean, I would think so. I think Nadal's tied with him, but um, I think what Federer has done, most of Nadal's wins have come from the French Open. If you look at, uh, uh, well, then again, they're going to look at Federer and Federer. Most of his wins came from Wimbledon, but I don't know. I just think Wimbledon really or uh, Federer really transcended tennis. I, I really think that you know after Agassi and you know you had Sampras, you had your, you know. Um, you know, McEnroe, your Jimmy Connors. I think just, you know, just in general, I think what he's done for the sport, uh, you know, he's always been a, and he's, and again, kind of use like the Tom Brady analogy. He's playing into his uh, uh, 40s when I think other tennis players are stepping out. So, Roger, Roger uh, Federer is I, still I playing? Yeah, Federer's still playing. Jeez. I think he took, he had to get uh, surgery or something like that, but he had to sit, I think, the Australian Open, I believe, out. But um, yeah, he's still playing. He's still ranked up in the top four. It's wild. I think he's like ranked three, two or three. Then you have Djokovic, you have Nadal, and I mean you have a lot of, uh, you know, those guys. Uh, but regardless, I, th- I do think that he enters that kind of zone where he's like the great, uh, greatest of the sport, just period. I don't think he deserves yeah. it, but I think he'll enter that zone if he wins. But again, I don't think he will. I think that, I think that the secondary of 
the Buccaneers is not going to have answers for the receiving weapons of the Chiefs. Sure, they can shut down the rushing game, which is really impressive considering the fact that <laughs> Jason Pierre-Paul like, blew off half his hands a couple years ago. I, but you look at what they did with uh, Devontae Adams. You look what they did with the Michael Tom, you know, Michael Thomas and stuff like that. I mean, their secondary has kept them in check. Right, but I feel I feel like they, I feel like the Chiefs is like a more dynamic unit between just between like Kelsey and Hill alone. But if you get pressure on Mahomes, that all changes the landscape of things. You know what I mean? If you pressure any quarterback, it doesn't matter who you are. Right, but if I, you start pressuring, like, make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. I feel stuff, like you know? the other. I feel like Breeze and Rodgers don't. Ha- they're not as mobile as as Patrick Mahomes. No, they're not. They're absolutely going against. I mean, and they're also you know I think he's like half their age. You know what I mean? But um, almost half their age, I should say. I mean, but he, you know, I mean, I'll say Patrick Mahomes is the greatest player in football right now. No, he's 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 really dynamic. He's fun to watch for sure. I, I think you know um, he may he has more of an arm. I think Lamar Jackson's more athletic um, yes, than agreed. Mahomes. Agreed. I would say um, I'll say more accuracy. I'll go with uh, Mahomes, but he has more weapons too. That's the thing, though. That's what other people will fail to kind of acknowledge is the fact that he does have those weapons. You know, what I mean, he has you know uh, Kelsey and he has what Hill. Hill. I mean, he has a lot. Watkins. He has a lot of. Well, yeah, so I mean, he has a lot of weapons. So to put him on another team where he doesn't have that, I'd like to kind of like to see if he would really elevate their play like Brady does his players. But again, Brady, this is probably the best crop of receivers that Brady's had. So I don't yeah, know. I, I, I'd agree with that one. But. Yeah, because you look at it like his other Super Bowl runs, he, he was making, you know, uh, Amendola and Wes Welker and dude, like dude, that Hogan made, or whatever. Dude made, household names. Dude, dude made Julian Edelman look like a Hall of Famer. That's impressive in of itself. Uh, yeah, and you know, I, I still think Edelman's. I still think Edelman I w- would produce anywhere. I, I really do. I think he's that no, pretty of a player. No, I, I know we no. had this argument before. No, the dude. The dude is a great postseason receiver. Regular season, fuck off. No. But that's when you need to play. You need to. You need to show up when the lights are the brightest. And I think you know, obviously, what he does in the postseason is pretty, uh, pretty Hall of Fame esque. If you look at his stats, you put, know Edel- what I mean? put Edelman on the Jaguars. See how well he does. Again, you got to throw have a quarterback. I mean, he can't have uh, like Trevor Lawrence. Well, who knows? Trevor Lawrence throwing him, you know. Okay, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence might make a difference there. I'm very, <laughs> I mean, so very I'm just, curious to see what Jacksonville's going to look like next year. I'm just saying. I think Edelman stays obviously in New England. I'm kind of curious to see who he gets thrown at him. You know what I mean? And sure. they had a washed up Cam Newton this year, so that really doesn't really, you know, um, show you what caliber of a player he is. So I mean, you, I don't know, know. you know, you know who they should get Tyrod Taylor. Who's that? <laughs> yeah, that's what they were. I, I don't know. I honestly don't. But no, so but mostly because like that dude is like the gateway to your franchise quarterback. Yeah, like it, every time Tyrod Taylor gets screwed over, a franchise finds a quarterback. Every time, See? it's like every time a bell rings and Angel gets its wings. You know, that's kind of that analogy, right? Literally, every, that? every time Ty- Tyrod Taylor gets fucked over, <laughs> gets fucked over by Demi's on a franchise finds a quarterback. I don't know. Like, I just it's it's gonna be an interesting offseason to see who some of these teams get as a quarterback. I'm even keeping my team in the in the mix of things too, which I don't really think. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I understand. Play, well, this, well this, like, la- this last season it was broke. It was very broke. Well, I think everybody broke ACLs and everything else thrown in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, and then we can even tie that into the movie. You see how we did that there? Yeah, but uh, it, I mean, speaking of quarterbacks, we gotta talk about like a massive, massive trade that went down. Uh, we talked last week about how uh, Maddie, Maddie Stafford was looking to lead Detroit, and that happened, actually, uh, to a place where I never thought he'd go. Uh, he is going to... No, I never thought L.A. He is going to Los Angeles. 
yeah, never, never pe- pegged him as a big city guy, you know? No, no, not at all. I never would have thought he'd go to L.A., but L.A. trading Dr- Jared Goff, I think, a third round for this year and two first rounds, their next two first rounds. Yeah, Rams are not going to have a good draft pick in the next, like, five or six the, drafts. The, the Rams so, yeah. now do not have a first-round draft pick till 2024. Yeah, that sucks. But, I mean, you look at it, it's only three years. If you realistically look at it, I mean, you know, they better hope that this pays off. I mean, I, well, of course, four, I, you know. Well, four, four technically. This year, next year, 23 and 24. So four years at a first-round pick. I mean, if, you know, if you're still doing what you're doing now in the NFC West, I mean, I don't think it matters. I don't know. I, I you know, I like Matty Sta- you know, Stafford. Uh, I really can't say much about him. It's a total upgrade from Goff. I didn't think Goff was, like, Goff was doing Decent. I mean, decent enough to get you guys in decent. You Goff, know, Goff is fine. Position. Goff is fine. Yeah, but it's like it's, it's the, don't yeah. don't put, don't put a franchise on him. No, but the thing is, it's like I think in NFL, and you, and you can totally agree with this because I I know, um, it, but it's like they want results like so fast. They don't give time. They don't give guys time to develop. It's like it's it's a huge transition from college to the professional level, and right. it's like if you don't do in the first two seasons, it's like your window's so small to produce, and I don't think that's fair. Quarter, you know quarterback, I mean? especially, takes like so much longer to develop. Than most that's the thing that's like like you look at some of the other quarterbacks that the, like i'll even mention the browns draft that i think would be decent quarterbacks in the nfl like colt mccoy i think brady quinn would have been decent um had they not been in that type of system they I, were set up to fail from they were set I'm up to so, fail from i'm so man. i'm so sad brady brady quinn didn't work out because he went to notre dame and i love notre dame so. So, so that's the thing like i'm saying like even and i think man would have been a hell of a quarterback no he was no no he was in the he was in the wrong system you would have put him in texas to play like in houston or uh like even like even dallas or something like that i think he would have been better off he didn't have any weapons around him in cleveland so he it was he was doomed to fail i think the i think the problem with manzel was also just his attitude like he, he had maybe one of the worst on and off field attitude i've seen from a player in the last oh, like for sure years. what he did in the collegiate level was you know historic i mean he was at, at texas a&m he was legendary John, johnny, was, fu- you know, johnny johnny fucking football johnny money johnny johnny fucking football johnny money you know uh it's I don't but, know. Yeah, but when the, the lights get the, like that, the Rams you, next year are going to be scary. The Rams should be, yeah, with Stafford running that offense. With Stafford I think at the helm, he should be. They should be scary. Yeah, I and that's you know Niners division, so yay. And yeah, you, I mean, you, you, you still know Jimmy G's is coming back. We don't know. I don't know. Like, are they going to make the push for Watson? Um, I don't know if that's you know we still hear about that. We still hear potentially Las Vegas is a landing point for. Uh, Watson, I don't know. I don't know what happens. Uh, Derek, Derek Carr would be so fucking pissed if they should replace him with Deshaun yeah. Watson. I mean, if you think about it, Carr really hasn't. You know, Carr really. I mean, he he's he'll get you to where you need to go. Like he'll do decent enough, but you got to understand the last several years you've had Kansas City in that division, and you've had Denver win the back end of uh, Manning's career too. So I mean, you really have had a decent. You know, what I mean, competition in that division. Yeah, so that's the first. That's the first like major trade of the season so far, and we'll definitely see where it goes from here. But yeah, so yeah. I'm gonna ask you. So I'm gonna ask you one more time. Just I know you're going bucks, but why don't you pick the final score? Final score, uh, I like thirty-one twenty-seven bucks. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, I'm gonna go a little less. I'm gonna go twenty-eight twenty-four Chiefs. Okay. All right, so we'll definitely see. We'll see who's right. To see if either of us, if either of us gets that on the money, I'm gonna be fucking impressed. Even even if it's Dude, even we- if it's not me. We should we should totally take this to FanDuel right now and just bet on it for shits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, moving on to a segment that's it's a recurring one. It's, we always do this when we watch something. Uh, it's the watch list. And this week we're talking about, because we both saw this movie, uh, The Little Things. Uh, little Things talk about the movie with uh, you know, Denzel Washington and Ryan Malik trying to catch a killer who may be Jared Leto. Maybe not. I don't know. So basically the plot of this is Denzel Washington plays this. He's not a sheriff. He's a deputy. Which yeah, he is, has which, to make that clear. Which causes, pro- which causes problems right there. But we'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> He plays a deputy who has to go into L.A., and then he sees this new murder case. It's very similar to a murder case he worked, uh, that he worked when he was a you know big city L.A. cop. So he decides yeah. to stick around and kind of help Ryan Malik with this. And like I said, uh, Jerry Lowe comes to the picture as a possible possible uh, you know murder suspect. Uh, now here's the thing: I said at the top, Denzel Washington's a deputy in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's the first goddamn problem right there. Denzel Washington ain't no goddamn deputy. No, that that man is a sheriff, and he does tons of shit that like literally that no deputy would be allowed no to do. No deputy would yeah. ever have to do any of this. Let's call that what it is right there. From that's the about you know? I don't know if you noticed this, but like anytime he walks to a room, his like arm is likely he's got that little like pimp strut. From Denzel. Oh, he got he got a better walk than Leto in this one. Like, <laughs> you, like, you, you you saw that right? It wasn't just me. Oh, it's that swag, dude. Yeah, I mean it, it Denzel. He tr- he's trying. He's trying to really hone it in, but that, the Denzel Washington charm comes out. Oh, it's. I mean, like I said, he's. He doesn't really miss a beat. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, still Denzel, man. Yeah. Uh, this movie's directed by uh, John Lee, Han- written and directed by John Lee Hancock, who did uh, The Blind Side, uh, The Founder, The Highwayman, came out a few years ago, The Alamo. A lot of different movies that people people tolerate. <laughs> no one really loves any John Lee Hancock movies, but they yeah. tolerate him. Um, but. Yeah, I think that, okay, first of all, I'll say that uh, Denzel, despite the fact that we just said, Denzel Washington's good. Just because of, oh, yeah, for sure. He's, just, he's one of the actors who's automatic. Like, Yeah, you, you know what you're going to get. He's consistent. Exactly. He's maybe the most consistent actor working right now. Probably the best thing I could say about this movie. <laughs> okay, it's, 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 shot, it's <laughs> yeah. shot nicely. It's shot nicely, too. I'll say that. It's smooth. I think the uh, runtime hurts a little bit. I think it's a little bit too long. It's too long. I, I was getting bored in this movie as it went along. Yeah, as Beck and I were watching, I told her, I said, I know this is a slow burn. I get it. Like, you know, it's a slow burn. I mean, and, and it depends on the payoff, though. If the payoff's worth it at the end, I mean, it's worth a slow burn. Um, I just think they could have done some stuff differently towards the back end of the film. Yeah, Obviously, thing, you thing and I is, agree with thing that. Is the, I think, pay, the payoff doesn't, it doesn't land. To me, it just doesn't. And it's one of those ones where you're like, what? Like, yeah, it's yeah. it's unfortunate. Because so it was, the, I mean, the, the like whole a great thing, pass. they're building up this this mystery of what Denzel did that caused him to, like, leave the city. And that's the. That's the only hook because this you've seen this story a hundred yeah. times before. Yeah. But the, like what makes a difference, like again, we we'll tolerate like the same plots over and over again, but you have to do something different with it. Yeah. Little things doesn't do that. No, and like, you know, I don't know. The way they introduce characters and stuff like that, and they try to get you, you know what I mean? You you're like back and forth of who you think's go- what's going on and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's not as, you know, who done it to me? Do you know what I mean? Like, no, it's not very who's done like, it. It's just kind of yeah. like it just it just yeah. it just goes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, you get some of those movies where they literally like like I'll, I'll do I'll say scream just because you thought different people were the killers the whole time. You know yeah. what I mean? And they did that well, and they got you thinking, oh, who's it gonna be? You know what I mean? This one, it's like you're kind of just like led to believe it's him, and you just got to go from there with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, speaking of which, I mean, also another thing you got, you have like a hook, like a, a different thing with the premise, or yeah. you gotta have actors who can sell this. Yeah, and lo- and largely speaking, you don't. 
because like Denzel Washington and Rami Malek, the chemistry just isn't there. No, you it, it's it's off from the get go. It's like, and I think like and Rami Malek's a, an okay actor. I mean, R- Rami, um, Rami, I just, he's a good actor, but he he's so miscast in this. He's just like out of place. You can kind of tell like when you first see him, like he's this big shot, like new detective or whatever, and it's like. But is he like? Is he yeah, like is a big shot detective? You like I don't, I don't know. I don't buy it. You don't buy into it. No. And because he's just like the way he's like playing, he's like these little nuances he does with his character, and you just he doesn't come across as a detective. This needed like like a Jake Gyllenhaal or an Army Hammer. I think a Jake Gyllenhaal would have been good because he could have played like the cocky a little bit better. Exactly. I think that's what Rami was trying to sell it, like that cocky. You know, I'm the new young shit. Take a look at me. You know what exactly. I mean? I think. It could have been better casted, or even like even like a Chris Pratt would have been like really good, really good in a role like this. Yeah, Despite, I know I know they just they already made movies together in Magnificent Seven, but yeah, no, I think I that mean, dynamic worked there. And I think like a, like an actor of his caliber, like someone someone different who's not Rami Malek, and that's not even the worst part. But Jared Leto, our favorite Jared Leto, my god, <laughs> it's just he's so he's just so plain. He's so vanilla in this like, movie. You know what no, I mean? No, it's not that he's vanilla. Is that like he's not? I feel like he thinks he's in a different movie. Yeah, because it's like he is like really he's really trying to convince you that he's the killer. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, like it's like I don't like, know. Like we're not gonna split say if he is or not, but like yeah, you kinda spoil you, you kinda it, get yeah. like the vo- you kinda understand like what the like what's going on just by the way yeah. he acts like, he doesn't act like a human like in this movie no, like, at all. So so obviously he's already suspicious. You know what I mean? So it's it's one of those things where it's like it's like if you would have gotten somebody else or maybe tell Leto to kind of tone down the the being so different and so like you know what yeah. i mean and like on, and like honestly like you, like, you know what it, what it reminded me of it's like his he's like he's playing his character from blade runner 2049 before he yeah. lost his sight yeah it was like oh yeah yeah that, that makes sense i actually think it would probably would have worked out better if rami and jared leto switched roles yeah, because Rom is a little bit more creepy, kind of like that, and I think that yeah. would have been better off. And I think Leto could have played it a lot more, kind of badass but serious when need to be. I think, yeah, that, I think that's a that's a that's and, and good point and I think there. Jared Leto's unlikable enough to the point where he can make that character work. Yeah, and I As think yeah, I, I I totally could see that. I think a good switch that would have made it a lot better. But yeah, like we said, when we get to the end with Denzel, with like within the get to feel what Denzel did. It's yeah. just like a, it's just like a what? Yeah, and that's it, like. It? Yeah, and it just it you're left with nothing, and it kind of sucks. But you know, it's one of those things. You know, it's 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 a good enough watch up until the back end. And obviously, for those listening, if you watch the movie, you'll kind of understand what we're talking about when you watch it. Like I said, we're not going to spoil it, but I mean, it's it showcases three Oscar-winning actors. You know, which is screen, absurd, by the way. <laughs> which is crazy, and for a, you know a movie to be readily accessible like that on HBO the same day it comes out to uh, the public at the theaters and stuff like that's kind of crazy but I wouldn't I'm kind of glad I didn't go to you know pay to go see this type yeah I mean yeah. I mean, I, I still have my A-list I didn't, I didn't, I didn't deactivate and it and I do I still have Regal and it's still un, unactivated but yeah, whatever so, but, so I, I did actually go to see see us in a theater but oh did you? I did yeah okay yeah we literally just watched it like I said before, right before we shot this yeah, because I'm I'm more compelled to see like a movie I'm probably not gonna like in a theater than I will on streaming. But uh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Honestly, uh, not a whole lot to recommend here. I think you and I have both agreement there. Yeah, I like I said. I mean, if it's if you're one, and I I felt like the beginning of the movie they were really trying to go for like the Zodiac vibe. The, the opening that? of this movie is awesome. 
I'll say that the opening the opening is phenomenal with when you have her listening to the B-52s Rome. Yeah, um, I think that's super creepy and it gets me that vibe like the Zodiac vibe. You know what I mean? And I think we kind of just like we, we lose it super quickly right after um, the girl survives or whatever at the beginning. And not ruining anything because it literally happens in the first 10, 15 minutes yeah, of the film. That's like, that's like the opening of the movie, so it's not a spoiler. Yeah. But. So, I mean, but to me, once she, like, once that scene with her goes away, I think it loses that Zodiac vibe for literally, me. Literally, man. Like, as soon as that happens, you're just like, oh, yeah. like, that's, that's as, it's all, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Dude, it is a super thrilling, like, first 15 minutes away. It's like a way to open a film for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I guess we're both in agreement. Neither of us, uh, recommend this super hard uh, i mean middle of the road it's it's whatever yeah uh so moving on we now move on to one of our regular segments which is uh trailer talk we now move uh we have a couple ones to talk about today first one we're going to talk about is for a show uh it's pacific rim the black this is an original netflix anime based on the world of pacific rim basically it's about a brother and sister who you know the world's been taken it takes place in the world of Pacific Rim, the world taken over by Kaiju. And so they find the Jaeger they wanted to use to try and find their parents who, let's face it, they're probably they're probably dead. <laughs> that's that's just the reality. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, I, I do wonder if is Game of Thrones, I, I imagine he is. Let me just see if he's you mean, you mean attached to it? Yeah, like as as like a producer. I mean I wouldn't be surprised. I mean I mean, it also like fits in this genre just because, I mean, the, the Pacific Rim movies themselves are like very anime. So yeah. Oh wow, no, no involvement from Dildoro. That's a, that's surprising to me. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, Ru- uh, Russell, what do you think of the uh, trailer for Pacific Rim: The Black? I really thought it was going to be a movie. I was kind of surprised when I typed it in, uh, and it was anime. Um, I mean, it, it's okay. Um, I like the first Pacific Rim okay. Um, the second one was uh, trash. Um, I mean, the anime thing. And now, is this going to be like how? Where is this on timeline wise? I, d- I have no idea. And the ironic part about Pacific Rim: The Black is the fact that John Boyega is nowhere to be found. Okay, so like to me, it's like I mean, I, I wouldn't mind watching. It's not something I'm gonna like hurry up and watch the day it comes out on Netflix. Right. Um, it'll probably be something I'll end up watching later on down the road. If, if I mean, just for you know, out of boredom. If it's something like the Castlevania uh, Netflix series, I'll check it out because the Castlevania series is actually like really, really great. And okay. it's really short too. I, th- I think it's only like it's only like six episodes a season. So uh, that I do like about it. But I also, but I do like uh, I mean, someone. I'm not I'm not huge in anime, but I do love animation. Yeah, uh, I think the animation style of this is actually really good. I, I especially love the no, co- yeah. I especially love the fact that the humans are animated at a lower frame rates, but the monsters okay. and the Jaegers are, are made at higher frame rates, so the, the, the moves are a lot smoother. Yeah, and it's a more, more dyna- dynamic animation. I, I think that's an interesting stylistic choice. And again, I do think the Pacific Grim is it's an interesting one, just because yeah. it can go so right, like in the first movie, or it can go very very wrong, like in the second movie. <laughs> which I've seen once and I've seen only once. Yeah, I only watched it once. I, I think I saw it when it came out in the theater. And I that saw was it, about it too. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, hopefully this will get some. And they're never. I, I don't think they're ever gonna make another movie. Movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully this will this will catch on. Maybe kind of be an underground thing. Uh, I <laughs> do you think we ever see like a Pacific Rim movie on Netflix? I mean, uh, if this—it depends on how this one does. Maybe I think if it if it gets you know the reception on it's 
positive maybe I, they I go do, that route. I don't know. I mean, I could totally see I Pacific Rim going. I do wonder what a Pacific Rim movie like that would look like. Like, yeah. like on, on, an, on a Netflix scale, it would look like. Who knows? I mean, you know, I, I, look at what we see now. I mean, things we never thought we'd see coming yeah, so, on streaming services. So, I mean, we'll, I mean it's yeah, a possibility. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, be around to check it out. So we'll, 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 we'll see, we'll see what, how, how receptive people are to this when it comes out. Uh, next, next trailer moving on to talk about is this is kind of a re- it's a repeat, uh, but it is one that gives a little more clarity to <laughs> something we were very confused about. A little more, <laughs> not a whole lot. Uh, it's sure. Barb and Star go to Visa Del Mar. We got another trailer for that. Like I said, it's coming out in February. So I got to kind of blitz this. Coming out this month, I got to kind of blitz this <laughs> thing out. Uh, I will say, watching this, it did kind of sell me more. On the movie. I, I, I still get a whole ton, of, whole ton of laughs. I got a couple, couple chuckles. Especially, a couple funny especially with the uh, my favorite one was part was the uh, this the the phone case seashell joke. Oh yeah, yeah. I like the room number at the end where they're at the bar. Yeah, that, like, that, 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 that was like, kind of they're going to be like next door neighbors. Yeah, that that that, that was kind of funny. Yeah, no, I agree. The but seashell like, thing was funny too. You see, yeah, <laughs> it's like you know, we don't have cell phones. I know, I'm gonna go home and glue it to our landline. I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, that's great. funny. Yeah, um, yeah, that is. But yeah, uh, we also see like uh, like there are glimpses of things that could be funny. Like, I, I, think, I think soup was funny too. I think there are a lot of ideas that I, they the trailer alludes to that I do think could be funny. So, yeah. like I said, same writing team behind Bridesmaids, and I love Bridesmaids. Think it's, think it's hilarious. So, yeah, for sure. I I want this. I really want this to be good. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the second trailer for Barbara Star? Go to Vista Del Mar. Kind of what you said, man. I had a couple laughs. Of, I thought it was, you know, funny. I'm gonna go see it just because of that. Um, I think Kristen Wiig and who's her co-star in this one? Uh, and fuck, what is her name? I never, I, I forget, I forget her name every time. Yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously Kristen Wiig. I just, I can't think of the the um co-star. Yeah, well, it's because like the co-star is not known for like, being an actress. She's like a writer. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, so and, and like... Annie, Annie Mamolo. Okay. Like, I think, you know, their chemistry looks funny on the screen. Uh, like, even the beginning, like, there was going for, like, almost like a Stranger Things vibe. Did you notice with the font and stuff like that? Yeah, um, I, I thought that joke was a little strange. Cause I'm just like, really? Because yeah, is... it's, like, kind of off-putting because it's not a sci-fi movie. But, and it's, but, like, no, not but, a but also, like, if, you, if you're going to, yeah. like, if you're going to, like, ape a streaming show, that's the one you pick. Yeah. Like, like to me, yeah. Like, there's so, there's so many more, like, relevant jokes you could have made. That yeah. were not Stranger Things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but I mean, I think it looks funny. I think it's going to be really funny. Like I said before, uh, I like the hot dog soup one was kind of funny too. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe they're saving, you know, some more of their laughs for the the film, and they didn't want to put it in the uh, trailer, which I kind of like because I hate when you go see a comedy and all the funny shit is in the trailer. Yeah, all, which the, sucks. all the best jokes from the trailer. Yeah, it sucks. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that that maybe we're going to get some, you know, kind of like some gems. Um, that aren't in the trailer, maybe. I hope so. I, I really, really hope so. But uh, yeah, uh, set for release February twelfth of twenty twenty one. Next trailer we're talking about is for Crisis. This most generic ass title, considering what the movie is about. It's a crisis. We're crisis. Ha- we have a crisis on our hands. Uh, basically, this is about the opioid, uh, the opioid crisis. Uh, it's a drug trafficker who gets this teenager killed. And it's kind of just a whole, it's kind of just the whole like thing regarding opioids. Has a yeah. has a fucking ridiculous cast for a movie like this. I mean, you look at this like Gary Oldman, Army Hammer, yeah. Evangeline Lilly, Greg Kinnear, Michelle Rodriguez, Luke Evans. Like, this like, yeah, so many people. This movie has no business getting. You got a ton of people, a ton of talent involved in this for a movie that you would never, 
you could hire like no name actors and actresses to convey that, you know. It's also written and directed by the guy who did Arbitrage. Remember that movie with yeah. Richard Gere that came out in like 2012? Actually, really, I remember actually, the name, really, I don't actually, a really good movie. If you haven't seen Arbitrage, watch Arbitrage. Uh, but yeah, this is 2012. That's the last time he ever made a movie. Jeez. Yeah, so this is a big return. I think it looks interesting. I think this one looks interesting. Yeah, I mean, good enough. Yeah, for sure. It was kind of like, like kind of like a Contagion esque like movie when that has like a bunch of different storylines that converge together, all maybe revolving like, the same thing, or like a Babel type of story. Like a, maybe a Contagion mixed with like the Insider because like you got whistleblowing going yeah, on yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah, that too. But uh, yeah, Russell, yeah. what do you think of the trailer for uh, Crisis? I thought like kind of what you said. I mean, it. it I'm curious enough. Um, if done well, like I love Babel, the way that they interweave the stories. I think that movie is really terrific. A lot of people really hate on it, and it, it and it's, it's a really terrific film. Um, kind of with that contagion mix, uh, and kind of like what I said with the Insider. I think if we can like blend that, I think that'd be kind of a fun, uh, a fun film. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it's good. Um, and again, like I said, if, if anything else, just go watch Arbitrage. That movie is awesome. Uh, yeah, and that Crisis is set for a release. When is it releasing? Uh, releasing February 26, 2021. Uh, last show we're talking about is the first full-length trailer for Coming to America. So Coming to America is the sequel to, of course, Coming to America. Uh, and it, like we said the last time we saw the teaser, uh, this is about Akeem going to America to find his son. What the surprising thing about this is, this pretty much alludes to the fact that this, most of this movie is not going to be America-based. Yeah, like most of this is probably looks like most of this is going to take place in Zamunda, which I think is an interesting twist because, yeah, we didn't really get a whole lot of the actual kingdom in the first movie. Yeah, and it makes sense because, like, you know, why does he have to go and stay in America for the entire movie if, like, hey, I got kingdom run, I got I got shit to do, just come with me, yeah. <laughs> we'll be all right. I'm still very confused as to when Akeem did all this. Because yeah. Like, uh, yeah. The, the timeline of the first film seemed pretty concise. I don't know when he'd have time to have a one-night stand in there. <laughs> it's like, dude, i got to get it in somehow. Make it happen. <laughs> make, it, make it happen. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, we also get the fir- our first look at uh, Wesley Snipes as General Izzy. Uh, who uh, Wesley Snipes, the last time, uh, he was also in Craig Brewer in his last movie, um, Dolomite is My Name, and he's awesome in that film. Um. But uh, yeah, Russell, what did you think of the first, our first full taste of coming to America? I mean, I liked it. Uh, I, you kind of get a little bit of the repeated stuff from the other trailer that that we watched. I believe there was a lot of the same stuff in there, like with right. the barber shop and some of the other scenes. But I mean, it looks it looks funny. Uh, I'm kind of scratching my head as why we got a PG-13 rating on this. Um, I kind of hope that doesn't take anything back. What's that? Yeah, PG-13. What the fuck? And that's what I'm kind of like taken back by. I'm like, because the first one's obviously rated R. The I just first didn't understand. One was, the first one was a very, very hard R. Yeah, and like to me, it's like I feel like we're like really trying to water this down. Why I don't is, understand why. why it's an Amazon original. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, why is this PG-13? It's fucking, I don't know. It's I was fucking bullshit. Kind of off, kind of off-putting by. It. It's kind of disappointing, but we'll see what happens. Oh, you know, you know what? I bet it was. I bet it was, they were trying to like. Lower the rating to try and like lure more people in, but that doesn't make it still doesn't make any sense because like, the bulk of the bulk of your audience is going to has already watched the first one, which is ours. So it doesn't really you're not really doing yeah, anything. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Like you're not a game. I just, this doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. No, to me that's why I was watching it when I saw it PG thirteen. I'm like, uh, here we go. Yeah, so I think that I think that's I think that's dumb. But look, I I still love the cat. Like 
Coming to America, like I said, the last time is my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. I think that movie's hilarious. I think it's definitely rewatchable. Uh, I think it's really sweet. And yeah, I I hope this I hope this one's great. It it looks like they're not it looks like they're not doing the thing that I hate when comedy sequels do, which is like undo the original. Yeah, to try to like make up for like I mean the movie works at, at you know by itself. It doesn't really need a uh, touch up or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just like really hate when like comedy sequels like undo the movies in the first like act. Like you know like Blue Bow Two Thousand, The Orphanage Closed yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah. Zoolander Two, The School for Kids Who Want to Read Good and Do Other Stuff Too, Sunk. Like what the yeah. F- like why why do they yeah. why do they want to see that? But anyways, uh, but either way, Lisa McDowell is still in this movie and they are still married, so that's great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, hopefully this is good and set for an Amazon release because Paramount wasn't because Paramount decided to be morons when <laughs> regarding this one. Uh, set for an Amazon release March fifth, twenty twenty one. And that's gonna do it for trailer talk, which means we now move on to notorious news. So much to talk about today. Uh, first, we gotta start off with our sad tidings. Two, one, one massive death. One that was shocking and, and interesting to talk about because I'm surprised people caught on with as much as they did. First one, which we're talking about, is Dustin Diamond. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, if you don't know Dustin, the name, uh, he, he played the character Screech on Saved by the Bell, who was kind of like the annoying best friend character yeah. that was in every '90s sitcom. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, the thing about it, Dustin Diamond that was interesting, like, the most interesting stuff that he did was not on camera. It was off yeah. because he was the one cast member said by the bell that everyone grew to hate. Yeah. Literally, like, like he, like, and the, it's all stemmed from this book he wrote about the, the experiences on sets yeah. and basically kind of just like threw everyone under the bus. Well, I mean, he was one of the ones that he wasn't like your cookie cutter you know like esque person you know what i mean like your you know your main characters more main characters i should say in the uh, in the program but yeah but also yeah. Like, he was also the one who just didn't have like any like career aspirations after that like he he, he lived and died by say by the bell yeah that was it once that was done he was pretty much nobody Cause, like, you, cause, like you look at like you know mario lopez did other things mark paul gossler did other things to amber Thiessen did other things we know elizabeth berkeley did after, after say by the bell you can check out our episode. Check, of out, check out our episode on Showgirls. Cheap, cheap plug. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and I mean, it's it's crazy because not something I had huge attachment to, but like when I heard he died, because I've seen every episode of Saved by the Bell. I actually like, I kind of ironically like that shot because I know it's not like great, but I think it's I think it's still a fun watch. It's cheesy, but it's good though. I mean, I didn't, I haven't watched all the episodes, but I used to watch. I mean, it used to be on early in the morning, right before we'd go to school, like uh, on Nickelodeon or whatever, whatever. Yeah, it was, it was, was always on. It was always on when I got home after school. I remember like, I sat down one day and I watched. It, I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, it's it's. I mean, like I said, kind of how you said it's it's one of those um, comfort shows just to kind of watch. It's kind of like real chill, low key, you know. It also spawned a really funny YouTube series called Zach Morris is Trash, but I think that uh, the. The crazy thing about this is the fact that like he, he died of cancer and the thing was like it was like a really like quick thing like he found out he, he found stage out stage three I thought right stage three and then within a few within a few weeks he was dead must have been good three turning four I think is probably think what so. happened there because yeah, that's that's just that's just insanely fast so I think the biggest takeaway with that look Dustin you were you provide a lot of people a lot of laughs so I think that's kind of the, that's the that's an important thing to do in that kind of field but uh, more importantly like if you're of a certain age get yourself checked. Like uh, you know, our our buddy Kevin Smets or my buddy. I don't know if you met. Have you met Kevin? I think you have. Actually. I have not met Kevin. Uh, oh, that's not right. Even on a, not even on a family's, huh? That's right. You were in. He wasn't in New York when you were there that time. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, like uh, my buddy Kevin Smith, the Schmodown player, um, got diagnosed a couple months back with uh, stage. I'll say stage three. I don't think it's stage four because that's, that's that's Is he is he is he early stage three? Yeah, I think he's early stage three because actually looks, uh, that, so looks that, like that might be good. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, he got diagnosed and it was like a crazy thing where like he just. He not he felt off and he got checked and like oh no it's like actually it might be stage two I think it's stage two don't 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 hate me um, but the point is point is uh, you know your body better than anybody else if something feels off with you then something probably is and like there's no like say you go get checked what's the worst thing that could happen oh well, we know what the worst thing that could happen is but like say like you know you go and get checked and it was a false alarm like okay you're good but like say you go and you get checked something serious can be happy you go get checked so bottom line. Go get checked. Like, that is the main thing that I would encourage anyone who's over a certain age of the show that, to listen to. Just go get yourself checked because you just, you never know, man. You never know. As I slowly approach that demographic. Russell, go get yourself checked. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do blood. Like, I actually, I, I just have blood work coming up here, uh, coming up, and I usually get checked up. So, yeah. Uh,. Uh, yeah, and the other one, this was the huge one that this happened today earlier. Christopher Plummer, man, Christopher Plummer passed away. I was sky. I was like, my my jaw had to ground. I, and I know he's older, and that stuff's gonna happen. But um, when I looked on Facebook, and I saw, I was like, you gotta be shitting me. Like I thought he was like, he always seemed like he was like in great health. I mean, you know what I mean? He was he was one of those older guys that kind of like kind of like the Betty White, you know what I mean? Of the male, you know what I mean? Of the male. Uh, Species, I guess I should say, you know, it, it, he was always like, you know, like your Clint Eastwood, you know, the older guys that never seemed to like they, yeah, the numbers accumulate and stuff like that, but they still look the same. They still are just as, you know, just as, you know, sly as they were back then. And it's kind of crazy just because, you know, even a couple of years ago, we were talking about, you know, the, uh, all the money in the world yeah. when he did his reshoots, uh, because of the Kevin Spacey, you know, all that stuff that went on with him when he's, and man, he's so, he's so yeah. great in that movie. It's about the fact that he had to choose a couple of few scenes in like a few days and gets nominated for an Oscar for it. That's the, that's the, that's the absolute mind blowing part of it. That just shows you the caliber of an actor. He was like so many, few, so many, there were so few actors because we talked like, uh, lengths about, um, Cecily Tyson and, um, Who's the other one that passed away last week? Uh, oh man, I feel that was a couple, I couple feel, shows ago. I feel so. No, that was that was last week. I feel so bad. Was it? Remember. Yeah, it was. It was Larry oh, King, Cecily Tyson, and oh my god, Cloris Leachman. Cloris Leachman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but most of like like with Cecily and uh, Cloris, an actor that can just say like they had great performances across like seven decades. It's crazy. I mean, it, you you don't. It's like. It's like rock bands. Like I always compare, I always compare like to the Rolling Stones, like guys that have been around for fifty plus years, and still playing and still performing. You know what I mean? At a at a high level, that's that's saying something. You don't get that very often. And just a, and just a guy who just like brought professionalism, he brought gravitas. Just every, doesn't matter what he was in, he brought it. No matter the, what he was. The doing. sad thing, the sad thing is though, he never won an Oscar. He got that he did, honorary actually. Oscar. Did, did he? He did. I thought he got an honorary Oscar. No, he, no, he, he, he won. He won recently. He won the he won for 2011. He was best supporting actor 2011. What did he win for? Beginners. That's right, the beginners. I thought for sure yeah. he hadn't won though up until then, correct? He had not won. He he was the he okay. is the oldest. He was the, one of the oldest one. I think okay. he's the oldest man to ever win an Oscar. I think I think Jessica Tandy beats him out for women. 
and just okay. That, that's maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I thought he was somebody. I might be thinking of somebody else that didn't win an Oscar, but won like one of those oh, honorary Kirk, Kirk like Lifetime. Yeah, Kirk Douglas didn't win a competitive Oscar. Yeah, so maybe it's Kirk Douglas because Kirk Douglas won one of those honorary. Never mind. Kirk I, Douglas, I, I another another guy who just refused to die. Yeah, it was like what 101, 101 years old. Yeah, Jesus Christ. So, but yeah, Plummer, fantastic and everything. Like obviously the uh, villain and Up. Uh, uh, Charles, months, Charles Munts, yeah, Charles Munts, yeah. yeah I mean, just in anything though, like his voice is so. It was funny because, like, when well, it wasn't funny, but it was like when I told Beck about it, and she's like, "Who's that?" I said, "Oh, you'd know him to see him." And I showed the picture. She's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that guy. You know what I mean? Exactly. You've seen him in things." Uh, and yeah, and I think it's kind of ironic. My favorite, my favorite movie of his is probably the one he hates the most. It's Sound of Music, which I I adore that fucking film. He couldn't stand it though. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's I think that's a shame because he's actually like re- really great in that movie. Uh, despite the fact he clearly, <laughs> despite the fact that I guess he didn't want to be there, it never showed. That's how great of an actor he was. Uh, so Chris Plummer, uh, rest rest in peace, good sir. Uh, next thing we're gonna talk about is uh, this is actually a really interesting one. This is a story involving TV. Uh, there is going to be a series based on the sci-fi movie The Man Who Fell to Earth. Uh, the the uh, 70s uh, sci-fi movie starring David Bowie. Uh, it's about uh, an extraterrestrial. He, he crash lands on Earth and he's seeking water just like because his planet is dying. And so he has okay. to go to work to Earth to um, try and get water. And it's just it's one of the more like forgotten sci-fi films, but it's kind of like gotten a bigger following over the years because it's, re- it's really good. David Bowie, such a great actor. He's fantastic in this film. And it kind of really, I feel like it's a role that only Bowie could have played. Like it, again, if you haven't seen Man Who Fell to Earth, it's an excellent. It's it's a really really good movie. I would advise checking it out. Uh, there's going to be a television show based on it, and she would tell Ejiofor is going to play the main character of Jerome. He's going to be playing the huh. alien looking for water on Earth. Uh, I don't. I think it's going to be on Netflix. I'm not mistaken, but uh, yeah, Russell, you. I'm guessing by the way you're reacting, you haven't seen Man Who Fell to Earth. I had never seen it before. I have heard of it, but I just never have seen it before. Yes, yeah, so I would advise checking that out. But uh, so I mean, yeah, you can really comment on this story. I will say I'm excited uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing what this show entails because I do think that's a, it's a story. It's a story that I mean, at the heart, I mean, it's here an alien trying to find water, but uh, it deals a lot with things. Uh, there's there's a lot with things, you know, re- like real world stuff, like real world stuff, like human vices, corruption, so many, so many like incredible themes that, I don't know, mm-hmm. more people should check it, should check out that movie. Uh, next piece of news we're talking about is uh, uh, we got we got a movie, we got some news regarding Blade actually. Uh, so Blade, first of all, got a title, at least a report title right now. Uh, Blade the Vampire Slayer, which little Buffy ass, but I kind of dig it. It's, yeah. Yeah, little little Buffy-esque. Little Buffy-esque, sure. but I, I still think it's a cool title. I, I like the Buffy yeah, did I mean, it. I like it when, when when Blade's doing it. Hey, I mean, it tells you what he what he's doing. I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory. And they actually got a screenwriter on this, uh, Stacy Osei Kufor. Kufor, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, she's uh, written things like Pen15, Hunters, and most notably Watchmen, the HBO show, which I still don't think you've watched. Negative, which uh, I wanted to watch. I mean, that's one we could do an episode on. Cause I think I think it's short. It's short enough we can. Do. It's only like nine episodes. Uh, point is, uh, we got Blade the Vampire Slayer. It's got a it's got a screenwriter attached. 
Mahershala Ali is still set to play the main characters because that's what he wants to do. <laughs> when Mahershala wants to play Blade, you let him play Blade. That's Absolutely. literally the thing. Remember the story that came out about that? It was like, Kevin, like, Mahershala called him, like, Kevin Feige. you just like, hey, I want to play Blade. So Kevin Feige's like, okay, can you start Monday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how, <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, and the thing we talked about when um, Deadpool's probably rated R, so that, um, I mean, the, both the, the show that this person's been involved in are kind of like very kind of mature, mature shows. Like, they're not, for, they're not really for general audiences. They're more for a more adult audience. So, I get it. This goes kind of further to the idea that maybe Blade could be rated R. I'm hoping, yeah. It makes sense. Uh, I mean, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, Blade will definitely be among my higher, more anticipated projects of the, of the MCU coming forward. Uh, Russell, what about you? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I liked the uh, the first Blade. I mean, I think the second one I really liked too because what Del Toro Del did Toro, that one. Yeah. The third one sucked. There was bad. Um, there was really bad. Third one's really bad. I only went and saw it because I obviously was in the heyday of wrestling and Triple H was in it. So he wasn't. Why it, not? Right. Why not? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it for sure. I think um, I think it's time. You know, it's been over. At least over what fifteen years, I think I believe ish could be right around there. Yeah. Well, and uh, speaking of vampires, we actually got an- news on another vampire movie. Uh, Russell, we are actually getting another Dracula. Okay. Uh. So yeah. So I heard about this. Uh, Chloe Zhao is going to make a Dracula that is quote a sci-fi western. Okay. Now I heard this and just like, oh, so we got some more details about the other Jack that Jack movie was announced before. I thought this was yeah. the same one. Turns out it's not. The one by Karen Kusama, director of uh, Jennifer's Body, is like that's gonna be a more traditional adaptation of Dracula, where opposed to this is gonna okay. be like a crazy ass trip Dracula. So okay. we're getting two Dracula we're getting two Draculas, both from female directors. Russell, between the traditional woman directed by Karen Kusama and the sci fi western done by Chloe Zhao, which one would you rather see? I'm probably going to go with the sci-fi western just because we've seen – we know how Dracula plays out. But yeah. Jennifer's Body, obviously another cheap plug to check that episode out too. But um, I don't know. Jennifer's Body was really surprisingly good. So I don't know if like we bring that type to the Dracula character. But I, you still sell me on sci-fi western. I think that sounds fun. I think it sounds, sounds like, like a fun time. Yeah, it sounds like a good twist on the Dracula mythos that we just haven't yeah. seen before. So I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, I mean – yeah, I mean, look, what if we have? We have what, Dracula Untold. I think was one of the ones we did have Dracula two thousand. That was a thing. Dra- Dracula two thousand. Uh, I, I remember liking that film. Don't ask me why. I remember liking it back in the day. Have you seen it when since it came the- out in two thousand? Have you I seen have it? Not s- seen it have since. you seen it since two thousand? I, I haven't. Uh, I, my glasses are twenty years old on that one. I'm gonna have to. Go we back yeah, and we, check we it. might need to revisit that one because again, full disclosure, <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Dracula two thousand as well. Much, I, like, I, much I, like most people, I have not watched Dracula two thousand in a long time. I just remember Disturbed did a song for the soundtrack that was really good. That's kind of what I remember. But yeah, if you're, if you're really big into Dracula, you're going to get a lot of Dracula in the next couple of years. Uh, moving on, uh, next piece you're talking about. Uh, Ryan Coogler uh, signed a first look deal with his uh, banner, media banner, Proximity Media, uh, with Disney. Basically, you know what a first look deal is? It means that any idea that Ryan Coogler has or like ha- wants to do... Uh, Disney has the option to buy it and produce it first before he shops around to anybody else. Uh, the first project coming out of the first look deal is a Wakanda Disney Plus show. Uh, it's going to be about the world of Wakanda. No idea what it is yet. It could be like a big like Game of Thrones esque power struggle in Wakanda. Could be could just be M'Baku hanging out and smoking the purple herb. 
Uh, we don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm very curious because, like, I do think that, look, they're in a hole of Black Panther right now just because they tragically yeah. lost their main actor. So I do think this is going to be interesting to see how they can make this world interesting and how they can make us invested with the world despite the fact that we basically lost our linchpin. Yeah, so you got to try to bridge it somehow, so. Yeah, but, like, what, what vibe do you think this show should go for, uh, Russell? I mean... I don't know, really. I, I honestly couldn't give you a definitive answer. All I know is, like, to me, it's like, I think in Kugler's hands, I think this is a, a good move just because of the fact that, obviously, he shot the fir- he shot the film. I think he kind of knows what kind of vibe to throw in to maybe have an idea of what to, how to kind of, like, bridge, you know, bridge the movie to this and maybe trans- almost transition to, you know, another Black Panther film. I don't know. I, I don't know how you do it, honestly. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it'd be, I think it'd be interesting. I think I do wonder if this could come out pre or post Black Panther two because I think it'd be interesting to like this build up, built up to. And that's what and Black that's Panther what I 2. agree with. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, there would be a power struggle with Wakanda because like they have lost their king and they're not recasting T'Challa, allegedly. But <laughs> we are. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what what the future of this franchise and what the future of that that particular like sect of the MCU is because, like we said, they're in a hole. <laughs> They're in, a, they're in a very. Yeah, but if anybody's going to get them out of it, I think Kugler. I yeah. think Kugler's your guy. So I, 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 I if, any, if anybody is good enough with the shovel, it's Ryan Kugler. Yeah, it's uh, it's not Rami Malik. It is not Rami Malik. <laughs> and please no. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go back to that one. Uh, welcome, that's a little welcome. things uh, reference there for you guys. Welcome to Wakanda. Yeah, with that he got that such that over. He got that overbite, man. It's it, I, he still got that Freddie Mercury. Is, he's, he's, is, he's still he's still he's still fighting the mouth, dude. He, it's like when I was watching it, I like I'm sitting there staring. I'm like, ah, it's just that the jaw. Like, it's, it's, really, it's his lip. Uh, he's, he's, got, he's got a weird. He's got a weird jawline. Yeah, he does. I, yeah, yeah. But no offense to the guy. I think I think he's a handsome dude. But God, his jawline. Yeah, but good. I mean, it's just gotta you know. Yeah, he's a weird. He's he's a, he's a weird handsome. Yeah. Kind of like Benedict Cumberbatch. He's a weird handsome. Yeah, it's you know not a bad thing. Uh, something that's also not a bad thing, maybe depending. Uh, we haven't seen it in the Heights yet, so this could be a disaster. Uh, Wicked has found its new director in the form of John M. Chu. I think this is one that Rob Marshall was attached to like forever, uh, but okay. he's since dropped, and now uh, John M. Chu is picking up the pieces for that. So Wicked, if you don't know, uh, it's going to be is the story of Wizard of Oz from the perspective of the Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, it became a Broadway show, was well, a smash hit on Broadway. I've uh, breaking tons of records one of the highest grossing shows of all time uh mm-hmm. made over a billion dollars on broadway i've i've myself seen the show like two or three times i think it's i think oh. it's an excellent show uh roles was the role that was uh, originated by adina menzel on broadway wants to say she won a tony for it uh christian shannon was in the original production so both of which are too old to do this now yeah, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, Russell, are you familiar at all with uh, the Wicked? I obviously know it's a Broadway play. I had a, sh- I, I, I know we've had shots to go see it, but we have, and I think the years that we went to Broadway, we saw Lion King, Phantom of the Opera, and then the last time I think we saw Book of Mormon. Nice. Uh, okay, yeah, but to me, those, those those are good choices, though. Yeah, well, Phantom. I mean, I know Beck had seen it. I, I mean, I love Phantom of the Opera. It's probably one of my favorites. That and Rent, I would throw up there. Um, really like them. But um, yeah, just Wicked obviously is one of those staples in in 
you know, time and you know, obviously on Broadway, it's it's one of those staples. You know, Wicked, it's it's huge. You know, uh, to me, I don't know much about it. I always know that the premise is about the Wicked Witch of the West and what is it about this? Is it about both sisters? Uh, well, you mean like Wicked Witch of the West and uh, East? East, or is it just the Wicked Witch of the West? East, East is. isn't the, the one who will become the one. The Wicked Witch of the East is in the movie. Okay, um, but to me, it's like I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it. I mean, it, it's one of those ones where like there was just better options i think for for me i guess um because you know lion king was you know fantastic and uh i think we did like i said the three that we saw were fantastic so uh yeah i can't I, complain i think you really like uh wicked honestly like i think i think you would be a good show to take ella to just because and that, and that's the thing because like it, yeah. and, and it's crazy you mentioned that because like when we took her to uh what was it the drive-in or something i think we took her to go see or was it here we or no i took her to the movie theater maybe to see it the wizard of oz and she ended up liking it, so yeah, I think that would be a, a good film to try, maybe or a good musical to take yeah, it to. Yeah, so but uh, a Wicked movie has been in the work like forever. Yeah, it, it keeps getting pushed back, it keeps getting losing directors, gaining directors. Uh, now it looks like John M. Chu. John M. Chu could be the guy, and he's like, he's 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 the hot thing in Hollywood right now. Yeah, I mean, you've got Crazy Rich Asians in the Heights, Crazy Rich Asians too, crazier, richer Asians. More uh, richer, crazier, more, more richer, richer crazy, Asians. More richer, crazier Asians. Filthy rich Asians. <laughs> more, uh, more Asians? More Asian? More, question mark? More, more Asian, crazy rich Asians. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, no, like, hey, you make a good movie, and... Yeah, I mean, they, you gra- you're... That you're picking the litter, man. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. a hummingbird, like like a hummingbird feeder. Everybody comes up to you know. Which is crazy to think like his his filmography before consisted of the Justin Bieber documentary, two Step Up movies, and the fucking Gem and the Holograms film. Crazy, and then now this guy's like, yeah, that crazy bridge. It just shows you how overnight you know your 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 star can just get so bright you know what i mean it's crazy you know crazy crazy rich agents we both were huge fans of oh yeah so Real, it's one of those great, one, movie. great movie so it's one of those you know it's it's a no-brainer why you would cast somebody like him yeah hopefully he can keep this up man because I, I do i do like uh i mean like, like i say i like john he seems like a nice guy but uh i like crazy rich agents sure. nothing else he's ever done but <laughs> uh moving on we have some uh russell we have some awards talk man it feels like yeah. we've done this about time, right? Uh, we got the Golden Globes and Saginaw. These are very interesting to talk about for very different reasons. Um, so going forward, let's start with the Golden Globes, the one that people respect the least. Uh, going in, so best supporting. Let's start with uh, let's start. Let's start with the so best animated feature. Uh, we have the Crudes, Onward, Over the Moon, Soul, and Wolf Walkers. Uh, okay. I haven't seen Over the Moon. I've heard it's really good. I have not watched it yet. I haven't watched Cruise or the other one. I've only I, feel, seen I feel like Soul's about to like cruise to another Pixar Oscar. Honestly, I mean it's either Soul or Onward. I mean, no, I, I, would I probably, think it's Soul I would or say Soul's more Wolf of a Walkers is choice. getting a lot of like critical buzz. Yeah, I like Onward. Um, I mean, I like Onward. it's 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 one of the ones I, I say either Onward or Soul, but I think Soul's more, uh, I guess more better. I would say better. More, yeah, it's better. Yeah, it's more, it's more classier. Yeah. I guess of a picture, you know. Uh yeah, so I think I think I think Soul's about to cruise Pixar. Pixar's got like that. They got that one on lock, honestly. Yeah. I honestly, unless they come out with something like really like aggressively mediocre, I I don't think they're never gonna lose this Oscar. And even no, if they do come, all, out, even yeah. they do come out something aggressively mediocre, chances are they could still win because Brave won Best Animated Feature. Yeah, this is true. Uh, yeah, Best Screenplay. Uh, Promising Young Woman, Mank, 
Uh, Trial of Chicago 7, The Father, and Nomadland. Interesting about The Father is it turns out that this was written by uh, David Fincher's dad, Jack Fincher, uh, who died in 2003. Huh. So I guess like he wrote this script and like, David Fincher held on to it until he felt like he was ready to make it. Okay. That's the thing I didn't know about this, but uh, I, still, I, still crazy. Seen, I still haven't seen Make because I need, I feel like I need to watch this game before I I still that. haven't seen that one either. It's... Uh, but yeah, I'm, it's I'm, we're okay. behind on this one. <laughs> Again, but like, just getting this idea of what we should watch prior to award season. But you know what, though? The, the, the road will be paid for us to know what we need to watch, and exactly. we'll watch them, so exactly. I'm not overly worried about it. Uh, best Director, uh, Emerald Fennel for Premising Young Woman, David Fincher okay. for Mank, Regina King for One Night in Miami, Aaron Sorkin for Trial Chicago 7, and Chloe Zhao for No Man Land. This is crazy. Three female directors nominated. Yeah. Crazy! I, I, no, Madland's getting a ton of love, so I'm I'm really, really, really curious to see that movie. I want to see it. It's just not out yet. Yeah, it sucks that we gotta wait. Yeah, but uh, does does this one go to the white guys still? I don't know. I've only seen like two. I've only seen two of these, which I have seen. Well, I've seen Promising Young Woman. I think that's the only one I saw. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that one at Miami. And one night in Miami, I'm I'm I have Prime. I'm I want to watch it, so I'll, I'll get around to it again. We got the picture now. Yeah. Uh, best Supporting Actress. We got Glenn Close and Hillbilly Elegy, which I really oh. want to watch now. I want to watch that, too. I've wanted to watch it ever since. I've, heard, I've heard it's it. really bad, but I want to That's wa- what I heard, too, man. I don't understand why. It looks so good on the trailers. Yeah. Uh, Olivia Coleman for The Father, another one I saw. I thought people for that before I saw a little thing. It looked really interesting. Uh, okay. Jody Foster for the Maritanian, Amanda Seyfried from Mank, and Helena Z- Zengel from News of the World, which I almost saw. I, I didn't. I didn't end up going, but I almost saw it. Captain. Oh, that's that one. Yeah. Um, Cap- Captain. Exactly. Oh, uh, Tom Hanks. I gotta check that one out too. Uh, best supporting actor we have uh, Sasha Sh- Baron Cohen for Trial of Chicago Seven, Daniel Kaluuya wow. for Judas and the Black Messiah, uh, Jared Jared Leto for the Little Things. Because yes. Really? That qualifies now because they pushed the, they pushed cr- the qual- they pushed the date back. Remember? That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Bill Murray for On the Rocks. That's the one on Netflix. Bushida Jones, not Netflix. Apple want, TV Plus. Bushida Jones. Apple TV. I want to watch that one too. And Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Okay, uh, One Night in Miami is one I gotta watch. One night. In, uh, moving on to musical and comedy. Uh, best actress musical or comedy. We have uh, Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film, which I have not watched yet. I have watched it. It's not as good as the first one. Okay. Uh, Kate yeah, Hudson. I mean, you, you knew you knew that, so you would have known that. I mean, maybe I'm not. I'm not sure. Uh, Kate <laughs> Hudson for music. Which I have no idea what the fuck this was. Turns Kate out, this, Hudson? yeah, Kate Hudson. So this is a movie written and directed by Sia, which oh, also shit. stars Leslie Odom Jr. Chandelier Sia. That's crazy. Chandelier Sia, yes. Uh, oh, hmm. my God. Okay, I got to read this. So, <laughs> Kate, Kate Hudson plays a character named Zoo. You with oh me? Oh, my God. A free spirit estranged from her family uh, and is a newly sober drug dealer and finds herself the sole, to, the sole guardian of an autistic half-sister named Music. Played by Maddie Ziegler, the girl from all the Sia videos, following the death of her grandmother, who raised music. Uh, so yeah, uh, also gets some help from her black friend Ebo. I'm, I'm adding that part. Uh, played by Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, you know, just kind of helping. It's kind of help a coming of age story. What I, I see, okay. I see, is catching a lot of like heat because she is, I guess, an ableist. I don't know what the hell that means, but 
I have I have enough against I, I I have enough against Sia that I that I don't need I don't, I don't need to add more fuel to the fire for that one. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer for French Exit, uh, Rosamund Pike for I Care a Lot, which is awesome. I think that's I haven't seen the movie, but I like Rosamund Pike a lot, so I'm glad to, I'm glad to see this. Oh, that trailer! She looks really good in that one. Yeah, and uh, Anya Taylor Joy for Emma, that movie that came out. I feel like forever ago the movie came out. I came, Jesus, that came out right like right before COVID, I think, didn't it? Did yeah. Uh, best actor in a, in a motion picture musical or comedy: Sasha Baron Cohen for Borat's subsequent movie film; James Corden for The Prom. I mean, come on now, really? Lin Manuel Miranda for Hamilton. Yes, that counts as a movie in the according to their rules. That's. Man, that's crazy. It's gonna get more interesting. Get to sag real quick. Uh, Dev Patel for the personal history of David Copperfield, and Andy Samberg for Palm Springs, which I need to see. I need to watch that one. You'll really like Palm Springs. I think I think Andy Samberg could take this. Could take this one. So many movies, man. I gotta. I really gotta. I gotta buckle uh, down here. Motion picture drama. Uh, best actress: uh, Viola Davis and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand for Nomad Land, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. I feel like honestly it's a race between those last two. Yeah, because Carrie Mulligan was fantastic in it. She and um, don't count out the what that chick from Promising Young Woman or not Promising Young Woman. Jesus, uh, Pieces of a Woman was really good too. Oh, you, oh, you saw that? Yeah, I did. I watched it. it was on Netflix. Yeah, oh, I watched that one. Good film. I like Vince Kirby a lot, so I'm glad she's getting some recognition. It's a slow burn. Again, it's one of those slow burns, but it's actually really good. And um, believe it or not, uh, Shia LaBeouf's really good in that, too. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Best actor, motion picture, drama, Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman for... I did watch that one. How is it? Uh, not bad. I think Riz, Riz is pretty good in it. I mean, it's it's uh, again, it's one another slow burn film. I mean, it was okay. I mean, he was good in it, though. I think he was the best part of it, for sure. Uh, Chad Bozen from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Tahar Rahim for The Maritania. I feel like this is Chad Bozeman's to lose. Probably. I mean, I, I wouldn't see why why, yeah. why he wouldn't win it. Uh, now moving on to Best Picture. Uh, best Picture Drama, The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And Best Picture I, I mean... Based on hype, I would say no, Madland, just because of the hype of it. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and musical or comedy, you got Borat, subsequent movie film, Hamilton. Because like I said, it counts as a movie. Music, crazy. Palm Springs, and The Prom. I can't believe I just, I cannot believe that. Wow. I guess we need to watch The Prom. I guess. Oof. It looks so bad, though. Oh, I don't, music, I, I don't music by the way. Uh, 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. So far, Ugh. Grant, there's only it's only what's, it's only what's seven prom? reviews. It's only seven reviews. What's, what's prom? Uh, the prom. Let's see. Wow, more generous than I thought. Fifty fifty-six percent. Are you serious? It's technically what sixty percent becomes fresh, right? Yeah, so it's not fresh, but it's it's close. It's wow, close. that's crazy. Maybe we, maybe we do need to watch it. Uh, <laughs> Oof. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's it for the. Um, Golden Globes again. No, again, a lot, lot of heat because uh, no, no love for the Five Bloods at all, mm-hmm. and that's going to continue on the next one. But I'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, again, that's the, that's an organization that it just nobody respects. So what are you going to do? <laughs> Moving on to uh, the set, the uh, Screen Actors Guild Awards. Uh, supporting actress nominees are Maria Bakalova for Borat's subsequent movie film, Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman for The Father. Yu Jung Yun 
for Minari, which is a movie about, uh, I believe it's Korean-Americans. I, I really want to see that one, too. It's an A24 film, I believe. Yeah, it, it is. I've heard, I've heard yeah. it's really good. I want to watch it. I've heard really good things about that one. And Helena Zengler from News of the World. Uh, supporting actor in a movie, Sasha Baron Cohen for Child Chicago 7. Chadwick Boseman for The Five Bloods. Danny Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Jared Leto, again, for The Little Things. It's crazy. Uh, and Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. So I feel like it's th- these are the ones that kind of give you a better indication of what's going to get nominated for uh, Oscars pretty soon. Uh, <laughs> best lead actor. Best lead actress, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Amy Adams and Hillbilly Elegy. <laughs> which, if this is the one she wins for, <laughs> I'm going to laugh. This is going to be the one she wins for. It's going to be like Leo's Revenant. Now. I'm going to laugh so hard. I, I need to watch that movie. Like, I can't comment, but like, if, if it's as bad as I'm hearing, I'm going to laugh if it's the one she wins for. It's not going to be I haven't seen it either, so I can't comment on it. But it, the trailer looks, I mean, man, the trailer may look like a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, Ma Rainey, uh, Viola Davis from Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Vanessa Kirby for Pieces of a Woman, uh, Frances McDormand for No Man Land, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young, Young Woman. Best actor. That's a good competitive film. Best actor in uh, lead role. Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman, again, for My Rainy's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins for The Father. Gary Oldman for Mank. And Stephen Ewan for Minari. I see this and I get really sad because I think Delroy Linda is about to get snubbed hard for The Five Bloods, which he is excellent in. One of the best performances I've seen in the last year. Um, no Ben Affleck for uh, the way back. No which, Ben Affleck uh, for the way back. He's pretty, great in that movie. Which he was, I think he was really good in that one, man. He is. Like, I, I, I think that movie came out. Yeah, movie came out so early though, man. I think a lot of people overshadowed it, you know. Uh, best best ensemble uh, got the Five Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Minari, One Night in Miami, and Trial of Chicago Seven. Okay. So again, giving us a really clear picture of what's going to happen this award season. It's going to be very interesting to see. Know what gets where? Jews and the Black Messiah. I really based on everything I'm seeing. I saw that trailer again before. Uh, I heard it's fantastic. I, it's coming on Prime. What next week? I think. Uh, Max. Is it HBO Max? I thought yeah. it was Prime. No, it's Max. It is Max. Okay, yeah. Then I'll 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 for sure check it out next week. Everything I've been seeing from this movie looks fantastic. It's getting great reviews. Yeah, and I haven't heard anything I, I bad hear, about it. I hear that Daniel Kaluuya, I've seen that Daniel Kaluuya like, kills it in this film. So yeah. I'm hoping this could be his Oscar winning one because it looks like he's doing a fucking excellent, excellent job. So yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that's it for uh, awards talk. Again, we'll have a clearer picture to talk about when Oscar comes out. We can like go and like scramble to see all the things we missed. And we'll, we'll then we'll uh, we'll paint the picture for you what we think's gonna what, take on the gold. What, what we think is gonna unfold. Yeah, yeah, because I, I do, I do. I'm still catching up on 2020 movies that I missed. That's it, but that's the exciting part of Oscar races when you know you you haven't seen a lot because there's been a couple years where I've seen everything and it, it's kind of boring because you're like, eh. you know, what I mean, you're just like waiting for it. You know, it's not that mad yeah, dash to th- see all these films. Those, those last couple, the last couple of years, I'm like, I only had like to catch up on like one or two movies. Yeah. I'm like, oh. All right. Yeah, yeah. It kind of sucks. It's like it's more fun to make that mad. Dash yeah, it's, for, it's, it's, uh, it's more fun Oscar to get the mad, like, the mad scramble for. Absolutely, <laughs> for, for sure. But that's it for notorious news, which means we now move on to our movie of the week. This being Friday Night Lights. Finally. Uh, so yeah, Friday Night Lights came out in 2004, directed by Peter Berg, and uh, this is the true story of uh, the Odessa Permian Panthers in their 1988 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when the movie takes place. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is one we've been trying championing for a while. I mean, I know we're both big champions. <laughs> of the, we're both uh, we're both big champions of the show. 
We know that for sure. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, abs- it's yeah, mad but, uh, for both. Yeah. So, but like, I haven't seen the movie since I was like actually in high school. Because like really? I yeah well because like I just didn't I didn't just watch Friday Night Lights like I like Russell I I, I lived this like I lived yeah. Friday Night Lights for a long yeah, time you, I, you, yeah you you played the, you played the game yeah I've seen this movie man I'd say at least five or six times yeah I I played this game in Texas so like I yeah like a lot is like incredibly familiar to me so yeah, yeah so how does this hold up exactly and how how accurate is it to both the experience of high school football in Texas and as well as like the, the things that really happen. We're going to get into it right now. This is Friday Night Lights. We start off with an opening that immediately harkens back to the show because, like, the opening of this show is like almost like shot for shot. The yeah, opening like the of the TV pilot show. of the first of the first TV show. Yeah, it's just crazy. Again, it basically takes the time to introduce to our characters, which for an up and coming cast, like, like this is actually like a, a good like who's who of up and coming cat of upcoming actors. None yeah. of which really broke big, but I mean, they, they all work. They all have careers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're all doing stuff, whether, you know. Big or I, small, I they're them. all doing stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, we mean, uh, we, so it basically focuses on a main group of uh, senior players. Uh, Bowie Miles, played by Derek Luke. Brian Chavez, played by Jay Hernandez. Uh, Mike Winchell? Winchell, yeah. Yeah, Winchell. Played by uh, Ben Bateman's favorite actor. <laughs> um, Luke, isn't Lucas Black? Lucas Black, yeah, I had to think about it. I'm like, Lucas something. I yeah. knew that, but I still had to think about it. I know, I know, it's starting Fast and Furious. I know that shit. Uh, Tokyo Drift the movie sucked. The movie did suck, but and uh, Garrett Hedlund as um, Billingsley. I think it's Dan. I think it's yeah. Dan Billingsley. Something like that. Billingsley. Billingsley. Yeah. Point, Billingsley's point. almost like he's pretty much the Riggins in the TV show. Basically, yeah. And you, and like yeah. again, if you've seen the movie and you watch the TV show, you can very clearly see like who parallels what character in real life. Oh, abs- absolutely. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, they all they all work under head coach Gary Gaines, and right off the bat, like they really introduce you to his like locker room mentality. That's actually like fairly accurate to yeah. like, what it was actually like. I do, lo- and like man, me and my boys in the locker room, like we used to, we used to quote this all the time. Like, but, like I love the whole like black and like oh you got all the shit white Adidas, black Nikes, yeah. all the things. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not getting a pair of flip flops. <laughs> like I love like I love the yeah. Uh, but yeah, this cut this right off the bat. This places you like in just how hard envi- how hard a training environment Texas football really because Texas football in high school, high school Texas football is taken incredibly seriously. Yeah, it's the mecca of. I mean, you look at all the recruits from different colleges all around. Majority of like you, know, you, you see, damn near every college has a recruit from uh, Texas. So you you know that that's it's like the mecca of the high school uh, football world. No, literally, like they. They they build they build you t- they break you down every like, they break you down five days a week for like three months in the summer. Yeah, like way two, different way different than my high school football team. Literally, like it's like two it's like two a days before they outlawed two a days because they make because what two a days are is they that's it, what it sounds like it's it's practice twice a day full pads. They recently changed the rule to where you can't do that anymore. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, it's kind of like. Cruel. I mean, if you it, think about it, if you it's, really look it, at it, it, it is exhausting. Like, there's a whole thi- there's a whole scene there where they do this like, exercise called the bull ring, which is now illegal. Uh, where like they have like one guy in the middle of like the entire team. The coach calls out a number, and then when you he never gets called, you have to go and like run and hit the shit out of whoever's in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. That that practice is outlawed now. You can't do that. That's it's crazy. illegal. Uh, but that that, sh- that shit because that shit hurts. 
Yeah, I bet. Getting hit, like, literally. Because you have to be prepared for like, getting hit, like, at any angle. This is why I stuck with baseball, Chance. I, I always wanted to do baseball. I, never, I, just... <laughs> I always wanted to do football. That Now that I think of it, like, like, like obviously, years removed from high school, I think back, I'm like... I I think I would be pretty decent at it, like like maybe like a maybe a receiver, a tight end, or something like that. Yeah, I was I was I was way I jumped to the baseball lane like I I, I wanted to jump the baseball train way too late, which is why I never yeah. could do it. Uh, but yeah, we basically we, oh, there's also uh, the guy Boom I was talking shit to about his shoes, uh, Chris Comer, which is funny. I guess he preacher get, preacher man. Not, he, no, he, he's not, he's not preacher. He's not preacher. Uh, oh no, he's a preacher man. Preacher's the other one. P- preacher's preacher, uh, yeah, never mind. The guy, the, yeah, the guy who, who barely speaks. The real quiet guy, yeah. Exactly. No, Chris Comer is the is the uh, is the other one. I won't put about Lee Thompson Young, the, the tragically late Lee Thompson Young. Uh, Which yeah. <laughs> uh, he he passed away. Really? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he died. Like it was crazy. Jeez, what happened? I think I think it was I think he was like mentally ill. Like he has like uh, mental disease, and then he committed suicide. No shit! Wow. Yeah, but uh, something that this movie does really well, like, well, first of all, he didn't get, he did not get his memo because <laughs> everyone had the exact same paracletes except yeah. him. Yeah, and he his shoes were white. Like that's the other thing. He wasn't well, yeah. even in the right ballpark. But like, you look at him, it's like, I uh, you're, you're third string, so I guess like you don't get afforded the the pri- the, the grade A stuff. <laughs> Which uh, okay, right at the bat, I think that the movie does a really great job of establishing characters for these people like you you can very quickly identify who's who like boo My- miles is the loud he's the loud mouth uh mike winchell is kind of like the anchor of the team uh you know you yeah. have the strong silent type with the uh, ivory christian preacher uh you have like the party animal with uh billingsley you have like the, bra- the brain yeah. like it's it's it, you get like all different flavor of high school football player in this but that's what I, that's what makes it so great and that's what makes the, the uh, tv show so great that was that whole different dynamic of the characters yeah they also really do a good job of like throwing into this town because like i grew up in like a bigger big ish city like it's not like a, it wasn't like a huge city but it had a population yeah towns like this though like football this, is this, yeah football is like the thing to do in these towns like honestly if you're not a football player you ain't shit in this town well, because that's the thing. Like, even like going past businesses and stuff, it says closed for game. No, out literally, to game. Like, when when out for game when because I played I played in towns like this. Like when yeah. you have when there is a game on Friday night, the entire town shuts down. That's crazy, and it's fucking wild. Like when you're I mean, dri- when you're driving back, you just see like the entire town like no lights are on. Yeah, like it's kind of creepy. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be like a perfect time to commit crime if you were other people. It will. It would be honestly. If you think if you think about it, you think like, about our the football entire, team sucked, man. The, the entire town is gone. Yeah. So why not? Yeah, especially, especially like most towns like that only have like one high school. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we also see like a, a thing that I saw recurring a lot in this movie, which is like Friday Night Lights TV show cast members. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. Like, I, I who who'd you catch? Uh, Connie, oh, you, Connie Britton. Connie Britt and the other dude, uh, the older guy. Uh, yeah, uh, buddy, the guy who plays Buddy Garrity in the show. Yeah, Jesse Plemons was in there. Was he? Jesse Plemons was. Yeah, absolutely. He was in. The, he was in the stand. I swear. I swear. Let's let's go ahead and check. I'm pretty sure that was Jesse Plemons in there. I don't think I said. Maybe maybe he did. I didn't. I didn't miss him. But like, uh, uh, the 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 reporter later in the movie plays. Uh, the reporter in the, in the movie later plays uh, a recruiter in the first season. One of the refs in the final game actually plays a coach on the TV show. <laughs> I, you know, he's not credited, but I, I swear, there's one scene. 
there's one scene in this movie, like it, it's Jesse Plemons, I swear. Maybe it's his, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's his uh, duplicate. I don't know. <laughs> his doppelganger. Yeah, his doppelganger. Maybe, but uh, yeah, uh, and again, a lot of these guys playing the exact same characters, like Connie Britton and Brad Leland, who play Buddy Garrity on the TV show, playing the exact same characters in this guy in this movie. Yeah, yeah, because uh, she's Billy Bob's wife, and she's. Uh, uh, whatchamacallit uh, Kyle Chandler's wife in the TV show crazy, yeah, they stayed the, exactly the same crazy thing in this movie she, she, barely, she barely speaks in this film that's so crazy because she's such a huge part of the TV show if you if you really think about it you yeah. know what I mean yeah she's like the, she's like uh, like an underrated like anchor of that show yeah yeah that really helps anchor you know Kyle Chandler's you know it, just that whole entire dynamic of the of the family yeah that's crazy I'll tell you who else I really like in this movie Tim McGraw <laughs> Tim, oh, dude, McGraw Tim McGraw is so badass. Is a real son of a bitch in this film, and honestly, in, in like the in like the pantheon of act of musicians turned actors, I think Tim McGraw is really underrated. Oh, he's super underrated. Everything he does is good. Like even Four Christmases, he's really good in. Like the, the, the um, dude can act. Yeah, the guy can act, and like he plays like that. He plays what the uh, was it a UF? I think it was like a UFC fighter esque or whatever in Four Christmases. Yeah, um, that beat the shit out of Vince Vaughn's character. But like anything he does, like I think he was in the movie Flicka. I believe it was about he the wasn't, horse. He wasn't Flicka. Yeah, um, he's great in this. Like I mean, he's a super underrated actor. Really, really damn good actor. But uh, yeah, we see. Uh, yeah, so this this whole thing is building up to the first game. Uh, we see that. Uh, Boo Miles, like he's like again, he's the hot shot player. He's the loud mouth. <laughs> I, I always we always love the thing that like, his uncle's going. Like, he can he can run, he can catch, he can play defense, and he'll drive the team bus. Yeah. And he can <laughs> pass. But it makes you like in that in that aspect of things like when you're watching it, as like just watching it, like you kind of like really think that boy's like God, this guy's really cocky. Like you don't like his character. He just rubs you the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And I, I played with yeah. I played with dudes like this. And granted, yeah, they yeah. were talented. But, but ta- that, that's those are the people that know they have it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. But I, again, I but it also shows like there's this next scene right here where it just shows how much Booby's invested in football. But point where he can like he can barely read because like he has no trouble yeah. reading the word distinguished. Yeah, he's getting scholarships and he's or not scholarships. I'm I'm saying he's, he's getting letters or in like interest letters from colleges. And I think USC, the Trojans were, I think, what he was reading. Yeah. And uh, guy came and couldn't even read. Like it's like it shows you, yeah, he has nothing else going on. Like it's it's football or break for him. Say football this. or bust. Say this. He's got a great Bill Cosby impression. Kind of yeah. a, oh. a little uncomfortable now, but it's <laughs> in two thousand and four it was funny. Like, with well, the Booby, Jello Booby Miles the ball. Every now and then he threw a pretty good pass. <laughs> and you can get a lot of pudding pops. Wow. Boy, that, yeah, that, to watch that and think about what the hell happened to Bill yeah, Cosby. After that, yeah, after that, yeah, seeing that now, it's like, oh. It's like, oh, oof. no. Yeah, we, oh, no. Oh, did, did one, of those, one of those scenes where it was funny then, you're like, oof, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't go, didn't go too well for Mr. Pudding Pop. Yeah, we then go to the day of the first game. Well, we also we also haven't talked about Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton in this oh, movie. Oh God, phenomenal, fantastic. Again, like of like the sports movie coaches, man. Like he's he's great. Perfectly casted. Probably one of my favorite football coaches in a movie. Yeah, mine too, man. I, yeah, I, 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 I mean, he's, you can't you can't he he gives you everything you want. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we also get we also get like the most defined character outside Boo Miles probably Mike Mike Winchell. 
because yeah, like, he's, he's got a his, he's got his, his sick mom at home and that's kind of kind of the reason he's hesitant to leave that's because like, he because he, he knows that's all she, that she has is him you know what yeah. i mean his the brother won't come back to help um and this guy's literally in kind of what you know Gaines is saying to him he's like you know you got to live your life you got to you know you're a kid you're taking care you're being responsible like your your responsibilities are far far ahead of you you know what i mean exactly. and, and he's here he is taking on all this yeah, if you, you, you feel bad for you feel bad for him, you really do because yeah, you, you always you, root for his you know character, man. That, you know that's yeah, why sure. he's so like because like he's so like grounded and serious in a lot of this movie. That's because he has to be because he's like pretty much an adult. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, yeah. basically. But uh, yeah, uh, going to the first game, which they actually did shoot a, bo- a good amount of this in Odessa Permian, and I recognize I recognize the stadium because uh, my final game in high school, well, I guess the last snaps football I ever played I ever played in my life. Uh, was played in this stadium. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, it's a, it's a, like, it's a like nostalgia, nostalgia trip, like seeing this, seeing this again. Cool. Uh, so yeah, we get to the night of the first game, and the the Panthers are putting on a clinic. Like yeah. they're they're up forty two seven in this game, mostly due to Bowie Miles. Yep. And, and uh, this this is usually the time where they take the starters out, let let them rest, get the backups in. Chris Comer's about to get some reps, but he can't find his helmets. Which leads to this is like the series of unfortunate events because which, of this which, this moment here. First of all, we got to say yeah. I, again when I was when I was doing football, like the, the whole thing on the sidelines is you do not take your helmet off. Yeah. Again, you can like raise it on your head, and kind of like just like keep like keep like, like you know like way football players do it where like they have it like on like the back of their head. Yeah. When they need air. And like they need to breathe, and they're not, they're not in the game. But like, always keep it on. Never, never leave it off, because yeah. shit like this could happen. I feel like it's because of this movie. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, you think back, like this, this whole shit could completely been avoided. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, point is, uh, what happened? So they had to send Boom Miles back in the game, considering which is weird, considering we know Comer's the third string back. Where's the second string guy during all of this? Yeah. I, who knows. Uh, they set they send Boo Miles back in and oh no he he fucks up his knee. Yep. Uh, yeah, he gets he you hear gets, the nice that nice crunch sound. You and, hear that? Yeah. Cr- I I felt that crunch, man. Honestly, you knew. I mean, but you know, watching it, that it, there's no way that this is a this is a good outcome for Booby Miles. Yeah, and the thing I want to talk about right now is like uh, I I really like the way Peter Berg chose to direct the chose to direct this because. The way like he composes shots and just the way like the way he does like the camera work in this movie, it's kind it's like one part like movie part like documentary esque. That's the thing they carried on in the show as well, to where like it's yeah. more like intimate feel. Like you feel like but, you're but in it, that locker and you feel the hits, and I think that it pulls you in exactly. Like it's a, it's a very like immersive yeah. way to film a movie like this. I think I think Peter Berg. I, I think it's a very inspiring choice by Peter Berg. This is probably Berg, one of Berg's best shot films. I, oh, I, agree. I would even venture. Uh, but anyways, so uh, yeah, they they win the game, but Boo Miles looks like he's hurt pretty badly. They said that it could be a possible ACL tear. And Gaines knows it. He's trying to sell it to the team that it's not he's that like, bad. He'll be back in a week, but we're good, guys. Yeah, go celebrate. It's like, it's like yeah, you you heard that. It's a, and this is Billy Bob's acting in this movie, though. Like, he sells it perfectly, but the minute he turns, you see that look of holy shit on his face. You know what I mean? Like, he knows that this this is the season. All, you know what I mean? Potentially. This is the season right here. I mean, you, you yeah, you you lose your best player. So, like, what, what do you do now? 
It was like, okay, like, look, we, we got so many other guys on the field. We can make this work. And they cannot make this work. No, I mean, and it, it's, it's crazy. It's like, yeah, yeah, a completely th- different team without Booby. This is what happens when you build your entire scheme around one player. Yep. You collapse horribly when that player's gone. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, and that's another thing I, I like with shows about the they showed like the d- the darker side of small town yeah. high school football because high, small town high school football fans are the most fair weather plan- fans on the planet. And it, and it's sad because you know you're supposed to ride or die with a team. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think of like me just being a you know a professional sports you know riding high with my team and riding the lows with them. You know what I mean? And these guys are yeah they're ready to put. Um, for sale signs in front of uh, Gaines's house and stuff. I mean, it's crazy. No, that, that's how it goes. Like when you win games, yeah. everyone loves you. When they when you lose games, everyone fucking hates you. But she, but but realistically, you they have to be like cognizant of the fact that you're not gonna always win games. You know what I mean? And especially because your best players out now. So I mean, I don't know. No, they, they, it's crazy. Trust me, they 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 do not care because this, yeah, this shit actually happens. That's crazy, man. It's so unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, so they got to keep going on with the season. Boo Miles is gone. And I do like this next scene because it's uh, Billingsley, Mike, and Chavez all, like, shooting. <laughs> where just where, like, you know, Billingsley and uh, Billingsley and Mike are, like, really feeling this hard. And Brian's like, hey, lighten up. He's like, we're, we're, we're 17. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be all down like this. Just like... <laughs> Do you do you feel seventeen? Like I don't feel seventeen. The whole time watching this, like you you don't you don't even look seventeen. I was gonna say, yeah, you <laughs> guys are clearly you're not clear, even like, you're clearly you look tw- the part. You're clearly all twenty five. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think that I think that seems funny, but oh, also does sure. build like Brian because like he yeah you know, like he's the he's the smart kid. So he's like no matter, like no matter how things go for the season, he's gonna, he's gonna leave. Like he's getting yeah. out of town. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, this is all really falling down on Mike Schiller because, like, with Booby gone, he's got to be the one to lead this team. Mm-hmm. And it's a question of, like, can he or can he not do it? Going to the next game, we're going to get an answer to that question because after the second string back goes down, we got one more person back, got one more person to put in the backfield. That's the famous Jet Jackson, Chris Comer. <laughs> uh, but the boy can run. <laughs> the Absolutely. boy can run. He gets in his op- when he gets in the open space, he's, he's not really because Booby was he's like the kind of like the all around back. He's 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 power, he's speed. Your LT, exactly. Your Adrian Peterson, your LT, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I'll, no, yeah, LT. Uh, Comer's more like a Saquon Barkley. Yeah, where like he's really fast. He's really fast when he gets in so- he gets some open field. The boy but can doesn't move. have the yeah. He doesn't have the power to like if 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 a hole collapses on him, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> like like the juke or to like make extra plays with your feet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but when he yeah, but like when it gets to open field, he he can move. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. God. Bo Jackson. What 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 a career that guy could have fucking had. Ugh, look at the, even Barry Sanders, man. Still still arguably the best. Still the best. Arguably, running yeah. back. He's up there. Period. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's to me. I, to me, I've always, I've always I, I, thought I'm, he was the best. I'm more of a Walter Payton guy, but I can see the argument. That's all right. Yeah. We're in uh, the, the same vicinity. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Barry, Barry's my number two. I love Barry. Barry. I, I, I've always loved Barry. Like, the teams that he was on were just were so, so bad. So, what, so what bad. do you mean the team? The team he was on. Well, the team, because he was the team. Yeah, yeah, he was the team. There was no plural. 
<laughs> so sad. <laughs> uh, poor dad, damn you, Detroit. Um, uh, he's, at least he got in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, hey. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so a lot of this older montage is because... Uh, it's, it's all modest because, like, I think he's trying to like get to the main, the main meat of the story, which is like the whole interactions off the field because they're winning a lot of games. But yeah. Boo Miles is his kind of assessment where he was going to be back. Uh, didn't didn't pan out the way we thought we thought it was going to. And the uncle knows it too. And this is the hard part that when you're yeah. watching him, and like you, you you don't necessarily like his character, but you kind of feel bad for him. Um, I think that's the back and forth that you feel with this character. And that's, you know, Berg writing this, like, you know, just the back and forth between uh, him and his uncle. Like, they know, the uncle knows that he's pretty much done. It's the d- denial pretty well, much it's, setting it's, in. It's not that he's done. It's the fact, like, it's it's like, it's not a big tear. Like, it's not like a, like a career-ending injury. No, the but, thing I mean, is, for him, like, he has nothing else to fall back on. Yeah, but, like, it came at the worst. Po- like, if he was a junior right now. He'd yeah, be fine. he's a senior at this point, though. Yeah, he's a senior, which is the problem. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if he can't play, like if he's got to spend the entire thing on the bench, like you see a lot of offers are going to dry up. Yeah, and you and you understand, like, and they go to this decision for the next game against Midland Lee, and they tell the they should have lied to the coach, just like, yeah, no, I'm good, I can play. And, and being on like one knee, I mean, he's he's really selling it pretty well. I mean, because yeah, uh, you're not going to be able to put a lot of pressure on that knee. But like, I love that Gaines just takes his word for it. It's just like, and, and Gaines like, come on, you're bullshitting me. Yeah, but like, he, like, he he's but he he goes all right, you know. Th- th- this this may be a lawsuit waiting to happen, but ah, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, he's confident enough, but it's oh, this is another crazy part too. He yeah. just can't juke. That's the only thing. Well, well, not well, not anymore. He can't. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is, like, with when when he's when he has that brace on. Yeah. I mean, he, he seemed like he was actually running fine with it torn, like, you know, running straight. I'm saying, not yeah. when he was trying to. Uh, but we're get we're getting to the middle of the league, and the the Panthers are getting their asses kicked. Like it is a mm-hmm. shit stomping of that. Like the offense can't do anything. The defense can't stop anything. Uh, they, but they somehow come back to make this a one score game. Uh, but they, they, hey, if you want to win, put Booby in. So they put Booby in. Booby gets and he's, he, he gets he's, stumped. Yeah. Uh, two plays. Two plays, and he's down again. And that, and and you can hear the. I mean, he knows he's seriously. He could probably hurt it even more. So yeah, uh, an injury that may have been mine before is now very severe now. So if there's any chance of coming back, even for this year, it's gone now. And you know, because you hear him sitting there like crying on the. I think he's holding his knee. He yeah. knows. He like I, I, that's like instant regret. Like he knows he fucked up. Yeah. Uh, so they're still so yeah they're still in the hole without their without their best weapon going into the season, but they're managing to move the ball. The offense is doing stuff. They're moving. Yep. They're yep. getting there. They're going on the way. They are. They have a few seconds left. They have one more play to win the game. Mike Winchell drops back. He goes. He throws the ball, and it's overshot. The Panthers lose. Not by much. Just, Not by just, much. Just, just, just a little it, bit. Yeah. But this this hits this hits the team hard. Winchell especially, <laughs> because yeah, I've I've had I've had friends in the locker room that like did things like that where like if they feel like the play. They feel like the game kind of fell on them. But like the whole thing about the football is like it's it's a, it's a team effort. It's a, it's a team sport, so like if yeah. one of us blows a play, like the whole mentality was, if one of us blows a play, we all blow a play. 
So yeah. he takes it. He takes it hard. He takes it hard. Uh, which means we now come down to this. It's a tiebreaker. The three-way tie for first place in the division. Which means uh, it comes down to a coin toss. A practice that Texas which football is... still uses. Really? That's crazy. They that still they r- they, roll their season out on this. They shit. did this. They did this last year. That's crazy, man. Like, like, I guess no, no, one had, no one's had the decency to go like, does anyone not realize how fucking stupid this is? That's ridiculous, man. You, it is ridiculous. Usually, like, look at their like, records or, like, conference wins and shit. That's crazy. It's, yeah, it's, it's wild. That, 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 they, that needs to be overhauled, like, yesterday. For sure. But yeah, I really like the scene after this with uh, uh, Billingsley and his dad. Because like the, yeah. the, the, the the like the dad is he of course he has, he has a drinking problem, he's angry he feels like his son's never gonna live up to him, and as a response to just to show his son he takes his state championship ring and throws it out the window that'll show him. Right. Well, after he kicks out both windows, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but like I <laughs> but yeah like I love the Gary Hedlund is a really underrated actor. I feel like he's never got he never really got as big he maybe could have been because he's he's talented. And I like the scene where he has to like pull no, over I mean, on the he's road. Per- he's really good in this film. Where he's like p- pulling over on the side of the road, and it's like panic, like in a panic, looking for his chant for his dad's ring. Yeah, because in essence, I mean, like it's like how he would treat his ring if he lost it. You know what I mean? Like exactly, that's something you're supposed to guard. And he he like kind of recklessly just kind of was like fuck it and just threw it out, um, kind of having no you know disregard for it and stuff like that. So it's kind of like he sees himself kind of like in that situation. It's, yeah, it's, it is a, it is a it's a it's a a close moment. So, anyways, we come we come to the we come to the infamous coin toss. Uh, it's three people. So, the basically the way this work this works is all three coaches toss the coin up. Whoever's the odd man out, they're done. <laughs> so, like say like it's heads heads tails. Whoever tosses the tails, uh, they're out. Which is what which is what happens. Uh, <laughs> he almost got away with it too. This <laughs> one dude brings like a, like a nineteen like twenty two silver dollar. Yeah. And they 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 misread it. And they thought it was uh, a head. Like it's really faded. Is that a head? Is that a tail? What is this? It's crazy. Like how can we? Oh, crap. We we all said heads. What do we got to do to kind of like get this story to? It's like, ah, wait shit. a minute. That's not a head. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's that's not how a head. Move, how can, how, how does Permian get in? Wait a minute. I call shenan- <laughs> I call shenanigans. That's a tail. Yeah. Uh. Mo- even more unbelievable, Garrett Hedlund actually found Tim McGraw's rink. Which is completely crazy because he just, like, chucked it. He just and chucked it out the window. all that brush was, like, really high. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, God damn. Did you get, like, a search party to find this? Like, what happened here? <laughs> so you get to, he had that at the beach. You know, you see those people with the metal detector thing. They're just, like, walking <laughs> around with it and see if you can find it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> beep, uh, beep, beep. Oh, here it is. So now we're going to the playoffs, and before we do that, we get a one last scene of Booby Miles as a main football player. It's him cleaning out his locker. We then follow by a scene that's oh. either really heartbreaking or really hilarious, depending on how you look at it. It's heartbreaking until he starts mumbling gibberish as you can't understand. Yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, come on. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. I mean, Der- Derek you Luke, feel yeah, bad in that in that moment. It's really good until he starts crying. Because Derek Luke is an actor Until who he just, starts, yeah. he, 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 he can't yeah. cry. You have no idea what the hell he's saying after that. It's like inaudible or so whatever. It, it's 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 like the it's like the sound someone makes when they're joke crying. Yeah, but like, I don't know. You you, you feel bad for him because this is the scene here where you're like his uncle and then him have this close moment and he has nothing else left. 
There's nothing yeah. else no, the, left. The, the, the reality of the situ- this is where the reality of the situation sets in. And yeah, there, there's nothing else left. Football's gone. He has no, he has nothing on the back back burner because he never never needed it. No. He was a good enough football player to go anywhere, and now he he doesn't have that. And you see that reality set again, yeah. and it's kind of heartbreaking. It, you, you feel bad until he starts crying, and obviously then you're like, well, what <laughs> the hell is this guy doing? Going on his tangent, and then just like, oh, you, you had it. It's like, yeah, it right it's like there. it's like it's like Vader yelling, no, you just can't do that stuff, man. Like you, you took it one step too far. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we go to the playoffs again. It starts like really breezing through a lot of their games because there's so there's so much to get through, but. Uh, they do end up going to the finals versus uh, uh, Abilene. It's not Abilene Christian. It might be Abilene Christian. It's something Christian. Um, it looks like a bunch of like like the longest yard, like a bunch of prisoners. Literally, like all these fuck, <laughs> all these fuckers are like six six two fifty, in full facial hair. Come on now. I'm like, who, who are like? Okay, no, no challenge. Like, I want like give me the birth certificates. Give me their Dude, high school records. Dude, these cats are like two sixty five. Like, yeah, I'm easy. like, no, like, they're, we're not they're do- big boys. We're not doing this. There's some big boys, dude. You can even say like they're completely like, oh my god, it's like they're literally playing an NFL professional team. Yeah. No, I will say uh, during this, I mean, this is kind of where I deviate from reality because they actually didn't make this. This game did take place. It wasn't the final though. This was the semifinal. Oh, okay. To get to the end. Uh, they make it more. Uh, it makes it more dramatic. More, uh, absolutely. But again, this, the same the same thing happened, so it really it really doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean it happened. So, so they but they get to the game and uh, yeah, you see that this 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 really is not a fair contest. It it is it looks like it's going to be an absolute bloodbath. Oh, it looks like it's going to be a let's be going to get their shit their shit kicked in because they are for not, a little not bit. Good. No, they, and it's going to happen. Like I, I would be surprised if none of those guys have taped ribs when they walk out. I mean, like like preacher says, they're big, they're fast, they're dirty. And he tells fast. the coach that he tells Gaines that on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I like that moment. I like that moment too. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah, they can't do anything. But ultimately, it's him that makes the big momentum swing because he gets a big pick six before halftime, mm-hmm. which is crazy. No one can stop that big fucker. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, dude. Like these guys are like these guys could easily run forties pretty quick. I I'm yeah, pretty like, sure like, somebody would have probably like, had them. Like the QB has to have a forty of at least like what four like four four. Four or five, Some, something crazy. You like can't the, catch this dude. Yeah, seriously. Oh wait, who can probably no, run wait. a five? They eight. did. They did catch him. He didn't score. No, yeah, yeah. They caught him at the like within the five. I think within they the were five, within they the ca- five yard line. So they did, they did catch him. They did catch him. They, right, they did mistake. catch him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, and I do like the moment going into ha- in the halftime here. This is probably my favorite, my favorite scene in the movie. Just the combination of all of this. First of which, it's preacher just snapping. Yeah. Because the quiet the, man goes off the handles. Yeah, throughout this entire thing, like preacher's the guy who like he's he's strong, he's silent, he goes and he does what he needs to do. Um, but then this is where he just like loses. He just like come on, like like what like what are you y'all play y'all playing like little girls? Yeah, they bleed like us, they sweat like us, they do the same exact thing that we do. Yeah, so that's it. But then you come into the final, the final like last hurrah speech. Oh, actually, before that, I got I got to throw some shout-outs to a few things. First of all, that cheerleader uh, that gets demolished during this game. Oh my god! Yeah, they they push her right. Yeah, for sure. That was funny as hell. The other one is when Lucas Black gets a helmet kicked at his head. Oh my god, dude! That would have to hurt so fucking bad, especially with that mouthpiece in it too. Yeah, and like I was saying, it's the last piece that Gary Gaines gives. We're just like, like two quarters. That's all you got. Most That's- of you will never play this game again. 
Best football speech, period. So it's basically saying, like, I'll talk about being perfect. Yeah. And how his perception of perfect is different than the entire town. The entire town thinks perfect is a perfect season, no no losses at all. Uh, yeah. However, he says, like, that's not, that's not how I see it. Perfect to me is going out there on the field, leaving everything out there. I want you to go out there. I want you to just say, like, and finish this game, win or lose, thinking there's – I don't want you to think there's anything else you could have done. Yeah. And that's what every great football coach preaches. Like, you, like they always tell you, leave every. My coach always told us, leave everything out on the field. Yeah, don't let there be a what if. Like, yeah. it's 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 about you've done everything you need to do. Like, the the chapter's closed after this game's over. There's no going back and thinking you need to rewrite it. You know what I mean? You you did everything you need to do. Yeah, I mean, in other words, uh, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. And that comes back at the television show. It does come back at the television show. And he does say clear eyes, though, in this he, one. He says clear eyes. He says full hearts in a manner of speaking. He does. And I, we totally caught that as being, yeah. you know, so hooked on that show. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they come out. They, come, they feel like a re- newly reinvigorated team in that they're doing things, we see, even though it's about the fact they're being really screwed over by bad officiating. Oh, my God. And, and, and the, the speech, to go off the speech, too, that when he goes, my heart's full, oh, my God, it's yeah. it's it's the best football speech yeah, for a movie. Absolutely, up there, like top two, top two or three, for sure. But yeah, awful officiating in this game. Like clearly, the guy dropped the ball on no, this it, one play. No, it, it, it didn't even drop it. Like it like bounced off the floor into his hands. It bounced. Yeah, it was like a ground ball. Like it bounced up into him, and he yeah, and then he, like he, I guess I don't know where anyone was looking because nobody saw that. Yeah, like that's your job. You're supposed to be looking at that. And like, it was called a catch. Yeah, and the idiot, idiot goes like this. He goes, like, it's a catch. It's like, what are you doing? Like, what were you looking at? Throw the penalty flag. Throw the flag. Challenge, challenge that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw, the red, throw the flag, coach. No, shit, this is the 80s. It's, that shit doesn't exist. Oh, yeah, damn it. Uh, <sighs> but, we, but we then get, uh, they have one final They have one final drive. They, so they, still, they, they score, but then they score, but then the Panthers score again. So then, but there is like under two minutes left, and they're driving they're on the last drive. It's fourth down. They have to make a stop in order to get the ball back. It's their last chance. Mm-hmm. And they end up they end up doing it because Ivory Christian makes a great play because I guess the O line decides they don't want to block anymore. Yeah, they just caves in, and I think it was what an incomplete pass. The no, no, no. Like it, it was it was a run play. Was it? And they just got him like really deep behind the line of scrimmage. I must be thinking of something else because I was thinking that it was an incomplete. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they now have like under two minutes to go down. To go a little over three quarters of the field, so it's doable. You look at what, like sixty-five-ish, seventy yards, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's doable, but considering the clock is still running, they only have like one or two timeouts left. They only have like one timeout left. I think they got one. Yeah. Yeah. So they're driving. They're they're, they're driving. They're going, and in a very weird callback to the replacements, which we the last one we reviewed, uh, they get a really great play from Billingsley. It's like a twenty-ish yard run. They get all the way down to the one, holding, bring it back. And it's just like the NFL, though. Like Whenever there's a great play like that, that your team does it, if you, you, you see a flag, you always know it's going to be on your team. It's, it's, like, it's always going to go back. It's like, God damn it. Seriously, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the, honestly, it's the worst feeling. Cause I've, I've, had friends, yeah. I've had friends like that make like, just like gigantic plays and get yeah. called back because of some bullshit. Completely negated by a stupid hold. Yeah, it yeah, sucks. Like, what the fuck? Uh, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but anyways, we come to it. They, they still got the, the ball. Last play of the drive. It's a pass. It's all on Mike Winchell now. 
He's ducking. He's weaving. These guy, he's a surprisingly slippery because the team just cannot, Christian can, cannot tackle him. So he's got to scramble. He's got to get out of the way. And he's going. He's going. He's at the five. There's a, there's a big pile. There's a the big pile. To push sudden. him. Uh, the smoke clears, and he's short. The Panthers fucking lose. I tell you what, shades of the uh, Tennessee Titan Rams Super Bowl where Dyson was down. Oh, the, uh, my Lord. God. Yeah, that, that was a heartbreaker. Yeah. I was because I was rooting for Tennessee that year, man. Yeah, I mean, Grant, I would have. I'm always rooting for Tennessee because of Aaron McNair. Oh, dude, I I had a McNair shirt because I saw him play in college. It was funny because um, Youngstown State, where I went to college at my first bachelor's degree, Youngstown State, they played his um, they played his school, Alcorn State, and um, he would line up in nothing but shotgun. And YSU ended up winning, but we knew that this guy was going to be something special just because of what he did in college. Like, he was very fast. He was really mobile and agile with his feet, could make plays with his arm. Um, it was no surprise that he ended up going to the NFL and being so successful. <clears throat> and again, another career that was just tragically cut short. Yep. Oh, man. What, 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 he, what, what, he, what honesty he could have been. Oh, that was, that was a fun team to watch with him and Eddie George and uh, uh, Dyson. Yeah, that was that was a that was a fun team. I remember watching that, the Music City Miracle too, live. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. it was not live, but not live, but you know what I mean. I was watching it on on TV on yeah. the TV as it was live, and fuck, it's probably one of the best plays I've I've seen. I mean, I've witnessed it. I got to witness it while it was happening. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, but yeah, they lose, and you kind of get to the aftermath of of all of this, where it's just everyone's feeling it, but. I like the way everyone reacts to this because, like, they realize they realize that football is like, and this is kind of a great point of this one. Football is a very unique time, and if you play it, it's a very unique time in your life. Yeah, but it's kind of like a thing where, like, unless you're like really great, you take what you need from that sport and you move on. You, yeah, and you apply it to life after the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we see like all all people are doing like, like Chavez graduated from freaking Harvard and practices law in Odessa. Yes, I think he's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Billingsley, uh, so he's like an insurance insurance salesman. Bowie Miles, uh, he tried to play in uh, JUCO, but you know he's he's still living he's still living in Texas. Uh, yeah, his is probably the the the, the tr- most tragic of the ones I would yeah. say. Uh, we see that uh, Preacher was the only person on the team who got a D one scholarship. And I think Winchell played for uh, Baylor. What, what the hell? Baylor for a year. Baylor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the ending scene that really, really touches me is when McGraw gives Billingsley the ring to wear. It's yeah. like, you earned it. You know what I mean? It's like, you earned this anyway. Like, you're still a winner. Like, it's it's a touching moment because you don't see that whole, that love between the two. And I really and like, me, and I yeah. really like the uh, scene, like, right at the end where, like, the, where, uh, I, love, I love the symbolism of him throwing the ball to the kids because like it's him, him kind of like letting go. I guess he didn't like a football because he played at Baylor, but it's or, like pa- him or passing the baton, so to speak. Passing the baton, so to speak. Yeah, I think it's a great. To, I think it's a great gesture. I think the score, yeah. the score, the score company makes really great on it. Uh, phenomenal. And we find out that, that uh, Gary Gaines and Chris Comer won the state championship next year, anyways. So they can all eat a dick. He, st- <laughs> he stayed. He's not moving. So he ha- got you guys. He so got ha- you one ha- of those bitch. rings. You can eat a dick. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, that was Friday Night Lights. So uh, Russell's one we went, like one we want to review for a while. So uh, final thoughts on Friday Night Lights? 
I mean, I love this. This is my favorite football movie. Um, I would say that Rudy close second. Rudy was always my favorite until this one came out. Um, this movie just, I think it's maybe watching the TV show too that helped. I don't know. It's like everything about it, man. Like Berg does such a great job shooting the film, putting you in the position, like you're in the game, um, building that care, building the characters that you actually care about. You know what I mean? You feel what they feel. You know, you feel the hurt that they feel. Like when you know, Boogie Miles minus the bad crimes, you feel bad for him. You sympathize with him, and you hate him at the beginning of the film because he's so cocky. That's the greatest thing about it. You want Winchell to get out, go to college, and and not have to be fixated and you know fix it in in Texas forever to uh, watch you know and take care of his mom. You know, you feel that, and like. Billy Bob Thornton's a perfect cast for those. I think he's one of the best football coaches in a, in a football movie. Um, that speech is the best. Just everything about this movie is just, ah, uh, I can watch this anytime. It's a tr fantastic film. Uh, I'm just glad we got to talk about it because uh, it's just a great film. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember the first time I watched this movie, I was I was basically on the IR because I had a, I had an injury in our first scrimmage of the year, and that sidelined me for the entire season. It was my it was my sophomore year of high school. Okay. Which really fucking sucked. But yeah, I watched this movie. I remember first time I watched it, I was so drugged I fell asleep. <laughs> but yeah. I, but I watched it again and like yeah, I again like I said, it, it hits personal for me because like I I lived this. Yeah. Like this was like this is my life for four for four years. Yeah. And like I watched and like I I remember what this what, what doing this was like. I remember like the camaraderie, I remember just like the 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 like the hard the practices that were tough, but like it was it was worth it because I got to play I got to play a sport I love. So yeah, this one's always gonna yeah. be here really closely for me. Definitely one of my favorite football movies as well. And uh, yeah, really chance, really glad we got a chance to review this one. Uh, so that's going to do it for us here today. Uh, Russell, you want to get our plug before we head out? Yeah, you can find us on Tourist by Chance on Facebook. Go ahead and join that. That's where we put the polls up for you guys to vote on. Um, and Chance, uh, just a couple days ago, he revitalized our YouTube channel, Notorious by Chance. Finally, we have new content for the calendar year 2021, so we're going to have more stuff there. Um, check out the top five Star Wars characters. I believe they did. Yeah. Um, the live stream was pretty successful. A lot of a lot of views on it. Looks looks good. It was it was fun. I, I got to I, I fast forward through a little bit of it to, just to watch a little bit of it, but came out great. Looking forward to the content that we're going to be putting on the YouTube channel. Yeah, we're definitely doing more stuff on uh, YouTube on more more video content this year. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, that's great. Uh, check out uh my Twitter Instagram at chance underscore ninety one. Check out the Mutri Schmodown where I compete. The season is starting up. Uh, I may have a match in the pipeline. I don't know. I can't say, can't say anything yet. But uh, you know, there's some things in the works. But I, either way, my, my, my teammates got matches. And we got the live stream with uh, our last guest, Laura Kelly, on February 16th, I believe. So that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. And uh, yeah, like we said, we're doing some more we're doing more video content uh, on the YouTube channel. So definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be do it for us tonight. Uh, that's Russell. I'm Chance. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time.